0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the King's Rock podcast. I am Bolt Up here, as always, with Deathgiver. How's it going, everybody? Today, we have a special guest with us. The special guest is none other than Justin PolkaDubs West. PolkaDubs, Yo, how's it going? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, it's great to have you. We've been uh, trying to get you for a little bit, and I'm finally glad that our schedules have worked together to where we we'll get you on. Yeah, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. On today's episode, we will chat with Pokédubs and talk about his history as a content creator and his growth as uh, his his progression has gone in his content cre- creating career. Then we will have our Pokémon trivia. Today's trivia is Pidgeot. Then we'll go over Knoxville Regional. Uh, Pokédubs did have, uh, have a run in Knoxville, so we'll talk about his experience there and then we'll go over our predictions from last week, and then talk a little bit more about the Knoxville Regional, go over top eight, go over some day two decks that we thought were interesting. And then finally, we'll end with predictions for the next Regional this coming weekend in Dortmund, Germany. So Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your history with Pokemon, kind of how you got into number one, your love for Pokemon, your content creation, just anything you'd like to tell the audience.
1: All right, yeah. Um, so I'm Justin West, PokeDubs. Uh, if you could see my background right now, it would be pretty clear that I'm uh, quite the Pokemon obsessive, if you will. Um, yeah, I think your room like swallowed a game store
0: it, or yeah. Pokemon Center for that matter.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a whole Pokemon Center or museum or whatever, but <laughs> but. Uh, I'm 32 now. I'm almost 33. I've been into Pokemon borderline obsessed with it, honestly, since I was about nine, I guess, like right when it came out. Um, I was introduced to the franchise via yellow on the Game Boy, Uh, but it was actually silver that got me like. Head over heels with Pokemon. I, I put a ton of time into that game. Lugia was awesome. Lugia also happens to be one of my favorite Pokemon still, so
2: same here. Same here.
1: Nice. With silver?
2: Yep. That was my second game. Blue was my first. Silver was my second.
0: Heck yeah. I All also Souls played relatable. silver. Never had gold. <laughs> never played gold. It was silver for me. Yeah.
2: I feel like Lugia we just... had gold,
1: but I mean, Lugia is just so much cooler. Let's be yes, honest.
2: I agree. For <laughs> sure. 100% agree.
1: <laughs> and then going back to soul silver now as an adult is just. Nostalgic bliss, <laughs> but um yeah. So, like many of the phases that I had as a kid, uh, for for whatever reason, Pokemon was just the one that never really like subsided. Um, it was, I I wouldn't say I struggled to like make friends uh, early on in school, but Pokemon was a way for me to make more friends, I guess. Uh, like trading cards on the playground and stuff. And and back then, now I look and kind of cringe as uh, thinking about how you just stuff a bunch of Pokemon cards in your backpack and yeah, everybody to their their pocket would you know, show
0: everybody <laughs> on the playground.
1: Yeah. I I'm almost better off knowing or not knowing or remembering what I had because I think I would just be sad. You're not <laughs> but, wrong. I'm yeah. there. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that just kind of carried on. I had a weird phase, like in my, early 20s, I guess, like when I first started to go to college where I just like I still loved Pokemon, but I didn't like outwardly express it a whole lot. And I I don't know that I have really a good explanation. I think I maybe cared a little bit too much about what people thought about it. You know, like. okay, nerd, (laughs) like like Pokemon, what the heck? Um, (laughs) But then I don't know, for some reason, I think it was like. Late 2018, early 19, I just straight up stopped caring and started like embracing it a ton. I started to get more into the TCG competitively, which I'm sure we'll probably cover a little bit more. Um, And then I had been wanting to make content for a while, but also kind of suffered with uh, some minor social anxiety, minor to major, I guess, depending on the time of my life. But um, that held me back for a really long time. And then just this last year, actually only creeping up on like 10 months. Um, I decided to just do it to just press record on whatever. I think it was still OBS and just shoot a video and I just uploaded that video and as soon as it was weird
0: because like as soon as I did it, I'm like, well, that was fun. <laughs> and that was your, was that your pack opening video that is your oldest video posted on YouTube? It sure is. The one I, I just went watched to that setup. one for the first time this morning.
1: <laughs> it's like 30 straight minutes of just me rambling about like seven packs
0: <laughs> now. Okay. So I told you this earlier today, but it's, it's insane. The growth that you have made in nine or 10 months from that video to your, you know, recent videos now, I mean, I it's, that. it's not a bad video by any means. <laughs> um I mean, the camera work is, is very, very good, especially for somebody who's never, who had never, you know, done that before, <laughs> um, I, It worked it was great but the the uh the charisma and excitement that has you know slowly you know increased over over time for your videos it's just insane watching that first one after you know watching your more recent videos that the amount of growth you've had in such short amount of time
1: i appreciate that a ton i i I love hearing feedback like that i like to go back and and watch that one every now and then it's weird because like it was only like 10 months ago but it seems like going back then it was forever ago
0: yeah i also didn't realize that you had started only 10 months ago what the heck mm-hmm. am i doing with my content creation career <laughs> no you're doing great you
1: guys are killing it honestly it's it's really really tough and i don't like i said i think we're going to talk more about some of the specific levels of this at some point but oh for sure it, Content creation is tough. <laughs> it's really hard.
3: Yes, it's it really is.
0: hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> you really need to love what you do. Yes. Because if you go for just the views or just the likes, just the comments, you're going to burn out real fast.
1: Yeah, yeah agree. Yeah, there's a very fine line between like, <laughs> like I literally have my analytics dashboard open right here. I have it open 24 <laughs> seven, but like there's a fine line between letting that take you over but also like caring about it, you know, it's, it's weird.
2: Yeah. I, I I haven't found that fine line yet. I care too much right now. (laughs) It's tough.
1: It's really, really tough.
2: I'm like looking at my recent video and it's at six (laughs) views and I'm like, I'm heartbroken right now. I'm about to cry. No,
1: seriously. I, I just had one. It was actually the one where I got stuff from Pokemon and I just, I don't know if it's like the amount of passion that you put into a single video and you're like, I have high expectations for this one. And then it just, crashes and burns, and you're like, man... I feel like you were like three days too late
0: for that. Because there's so (laughs) many videos came out.
1: (laughs) I don't know what what these other creators are doing, but those ones that had stuff like three days earlier, that was not stuff from Pokemon. Because Pokemon has like a specific date that you can open them on, and that was one day early for this set. So I... I was rushing because I knew the package was coming. Luckily, FedEx shows up to my house really early. So I'm sitting here waiting on work day to get that package so I can go tear it open, make the video, render it, do minimal editing and upload it, which we all know takes forever. Yes. Yes. And try to publish it that day. So (laughs) it still felt like I was late. But yeah, the content creation journey is a is a huge grind.
4: For sure. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've told
0: you both this that I, I I enjoy doing the the YouTube thing. I mean it it's fun. I enjoy every second of it. But I love doing the podcast thing. It's For it sure. is you know far and away my favorite thing that I'm doing right now. And the the difference is I look at my YouTube analytics every 20 minutes, and I look at the podcast analytics once every week, maybe two weeks, because I just don't care. I don't care if sure. I get no listeners. I don't care if I get 300 listeners. I don't care if I get 20,000 listeners. I'm going to do it because I enjoy it, and I look forward to doing this every single week.
2: Okay, You're so I just want to do a disclaimer. I do care if we get 20,000 listeners, so please, people, start listening <laughs> okay. to our podcast. <laughs> Somebody you has to, a right? Good point.
0: <laughs> you make I a good I do care.
2: Point. <laughs> I love each and every one of our listeners. Please add more. For
0: sure. I, Absolutely. If every one of our listeners spreads the word, We'll have two listeners. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. all It
1: takes is one person passing it on, and then it just creates a chain reaction. I get it, though. It's a, it's a really weird. It's a hard thing to articulate because you're like, I'm just kind of doing this, and I had the same goals for my my content stuff, where I'm like, I don't know what my end journey is with it or end goal is with this, and I still really don't. But either way, it's just like, it's still just a passion project. And so if it blows up sweet, that's, that's just super awesome icing on the cake. But like, I still care, you know, I want it to do well, (laughs) but like,
3: (laughs) it's,
0: but you're doing it because you love it, not
1: because of Mm -hmm. the success that comes with it. Like, I'm not looking to, my biggest claim was that like, I Obviously, I want to get monetized, like right? who who wouldn't want to of make course. money from doing I'm something like paid that for but, your passion? absolutely. yeah. But like, that was never my my goal. So I feel like if you can be driven by the wrong things, but you can also still care about those things,
0: it's It's just a really weird divide, yeah. like you know i I have a a mini goal to get monetized, but that is not the mm-hmm. goal of why I'm doing this. Right. It's it's a goal that I can set for myself that it's cool when it happens or if it happens but it is yeah. not the major the end goal for what I'm doing. Or like obviously
1: yeah.
2: everybody likes money. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I do it for fun, but I still like to get the views. I don't even of do course. it for the monetization monetization. I just want the views. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean if you it shows that you have an audience that you are you know, you're way. i don't want to say making a difference for but yeah yeah connecting with that that shares the same passion you do somebody wants to hear what you have to say yep exactly exactly which is harder around, you know hard around these parts oh yeah <laughs> so that kind of leads into the first question of why do you do what you do what motivates you um what why why do you get up in the morning and decide yeah i'm going to do this video today what what motivates you to do this
1: I think my biggest thing, and one of the first things that kind of drove me to, like, keep going, um, was kind of a little bit about, like, that social anxiety part there, where, like, very early on, I I sort of was very, uh, vocal about that, and that struggle, um, because I think it's important, obviously, we've already got, like, a huge mental health crisis going on, I won't get into that, but, um, I kind of wanted to bring that up in my content a little bit. It's not like a focal point, but I wanted to make it aware. And the amount of messages that I got that like some of that part of my content pushed people to like find their passion for Pokemon again as like a, a full on adult was like mind blowing to me. I couldn't believe that. So there was that and uh, obviously just my existential like passion for Pokemon in general, mm-hmm. which I can't, I can't really explain. It's just always made me really happy, so we just
0: ride that train. But uh, and then well, I this will last say weekend. that uh, part your your journey, your story, is part of what uh, got me to where I am right now, wanting to you know do content creation. Um, I you know have had you know videos up before that I've done, but they were you know not worth anything. They no effort. You know just hey I can do this. But yeah. um kind of seeing your journey, your growth, it was like, hey, that does look fun. He's enjoying it. This might be something that I could actually do. And so yeah, that sure. is definitely a major part that inspired me to, you know, do what I'm doing with the podcast and the the YouTube channel.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, like trying to get people to push a little bit outside of that comfort zone, but not I, for something that they're still truly passionate about but they might just be like a little apprehensive to start and just like i don't know it's worst case it's just like a form of documentation of something that you really enjoy so i think that's that's what keeps me going the the comments that keep coming in you know stuff like that people that actually watch the stuff i i'm with yeah, Death Giver. Sure. I, I do enjoy the viewers i appreciate all the comments that kind of stuff is a is a huge motivator and other aspects from the tournament this weekend will that we'll get into um, also really, really
0: motivate me a lot and uh, you you mentioned the the documentation of of what you do. That's another big thing, a reason why I actually started doing you know my YouTube channel Death. You and I have talked about this before. Um, being able to you know record the gameplay, go back, watch it, learn mm-hmm. from it. Um I'm at com- competitive competitive nature, competitive Pokemon is what. What drives me to to even play the game right now? It's mm-hmm. it's a competitive card game. You know, it was sports all through school. Um, when I was too old and too too not good to play sports, <laughs> and it uh, it it found you know other things. I played Magic for a little bit, um, competitive Magic, and now competitive Pokemon. So it's it's the competitive drive that is you know my biggest driving factor. And so even that going into this, the podcast, you know, we can we can talk about tournaments, analyze decks, learn. I learned from Keaton a lot when he was on. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I'm going to learn a lot from you and this one. So, you know, that and then the YouTube is the same thing. You know, I can record the videos, go back, watch it. I've learned from comments, people, you know, in in comments of videos talking about things that I could have done different or Mm -hmm. the uh, changes in the deck or the opponent made this mistake, things like that, that I can go back and I can learn from. So that is another big driving factor for myself is the, the documentation part.
1: For sure, and that I can one hundred percent relate to the like the competitive nature. I I've learned to tone it down a little bit, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, played played sports through school, hockey, track, all that stuff. That doesn't matter anymore because you know I I peaked back then. But didn't um, <laughs> we all? It's it's just so cool, right? Because like we have this thing that we can be passionate about. I'm I'm specifically passionate about Pokemon. I know some people just play the trading card game because the mechanics are fun, etc. But like, you can genuinely be a top contender, contender at whatever age. Like,
3: yeah,
4: absolutely. We could all
1: go top a regional if if we put in enough time and effort to do it. We can't just go walk into the NFL.
4: I don't about you guys, I so, plan
0: on top Indy. I don't know about you guys. But in about you guys but there you go. That's, yeah, just win it and you go to worlds. Easy. But uh, that's another just, another good point that you, oh, go ahead, Death.
2: I just plan on topping whatever you do. So if you make top eight, I'm going <laughs> to top five
0: um another point that you just made there you know there's anybody can can top a regional death and i have completely different backgrounds you know i'm a a farm Mm -hmm. kid from uh middle of nowhere death you were born and raised peoria right
2: yes and in the ghetto
0: yeah so i mean completely different you know backgrounds and you know this is one of the the things that has you know brought us together and allowed us yeah. to you know talk communicate with and just a shared interest in in the game of pokemon talking
2: about sports brought us together we used to talk oh, about uh, yeah stuff. yeah
0: but it's it's you know it's kept us here <laughs> dude if it was just sports that we talked about we'd stop talking to each other a long time ago just uh, not really because <laughs> you like
2: arguing with me all the time
0: yeah because i'm right
2: you are always wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm an impartial third party <laughs> Sam, right so you've been uh, a fan of Pokemon, you said, since it first came out uh, specifically Yellow
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, what uh, tell us what what your favorite parts about the game are, about Pokemon in general you know, is it the games, the the video games, the trading card game, the TV show um, do you have interest in all three of those, Is some you know, spiked and you know Ebbed and flowed more than others. Where's yeah, your interest so in line, Pokemon? I
1: it initially started actually with the anime, Um and I, I'm having a hard time remembering like exactly how that came along. I think one of my friends maybe had watched it or something, and then I started sure watching Everybody started, right? <laughs> yeah, there was always a friend, right? Yep.
2: <laughs> I started with the game. Um, there you go. I saw the big blue turtle on the shelf at um, Walmart, and I was like, oh because oh, I'm a big Ninja Turtle fan, and I was like, oh, there's a giant oh, turtle yeah, with sure. cannons coming out of its shoulder. <laughs> gotta She's got cannons.
4: It.
2: Gotta, yeah, gotta I, check it out. Cannon I think turtle. you're the first and
0: person I've ever heard say that the first foray into Pokemon was the game. Yep. Uh, well, the video the game, game. It's always course, either been yep. collecting cards or the TV show or something. My
2: first mm-hmm. Pokemon so that's, that's was awesome. Squirtle, and, um, yeah, went from there. That's how my love of Pokemon came. I had no clue of what Pokemon was about, and then um, like I said, picked up the game, took Squirtle in, um, came across Pikachu, didn't realize that Pikachu was so rare, and I had Squirtle and Pikachu in my team, the first team I ever had, and yeah, it was it was fun. And then that's what got me into the anime, and then after that, got me into the trading cards, but no, the game was definitely first.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I think I agree, too. I, I know very few people that actually started with the game, which is awesome, yeah, yeah, especially absolutely. because like. We we have such little information when we're introduced to the game in that age, right? Like, you're like, what the heck is this?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I have Game Boy. I have these other games. What's this game? Yeah. It has uh, a blue case on, or a red it case.
2: Was a giant turtle with two cannons coming out. I mean, of the yeah, church. you can't that, turn. Yeah, it the down. cannons are <laughs> huge seller. <laughs> I didn't even care what the game was about at that time. I was just like, oh, that's a turtle with two cannons. I'm getting. I need it.
1: that turtle. <laughs> Um but yeah that that pretty much sparked everything I don't know where the card part came in but I remember um it's weird because like I even so I did like a quick pack opening with Real Breaking Nate here in Peoria uh big pack opening YouTuber for those that don't know but I I can vividly remember like my hometown Target back in South Dakota in the middle of nowhere uh like the back end cap where I would get base set 2 jungle fossil and it was just, there was just there, <laughs> you know? And we'd just, you know, I'd get a pack every now and then when I, when I could. And then this little card shop opened up in our mall. I remember thinking it was crazy that there was a Charizard in there for $25. Like, are you kidding <laughs> me? For one card? That's nuts. Um, Wish you had yeah. 30 of them now, right? Yeah. I've got, I've got two. But <laughs> that's, that's beside the point. But yeah, now it's just, everything honestly i watch all the anime i pretty much play every mainline game uh with time permitting obviously you know kids in the mix or a kid kind of makes that a little bit difficult but yeah i pretty much branch into all all sorts of pokemon is like my my focus honestly right now so all aspects of it
0: i've seen your car i believe you (laughs) (laughs) your car your room yep Mm -hmm, i understand yeah i see the room uh,
2: now curious about the car (laughs)
0: <laughs> just the the
1: uh, license plates, probably is, it, is that what you're talking about then, yeah the license plate the decals all over i mean gengar yeah yeah it's, it's a big gengar fanboy i immediately <laughs> knew it was gengar. your car
0: let's just put it that way <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's pretty easy <laughs> so favorite
4: pokemon game what is it favorite pokemon game that's
2: Oof. favorite video game if
3: not
4: I just mainline to... games i'm including
0: snap and stadium and Puzzle and and all that stuff, whatever.
2: Conquest,
0: Pokemon, whatever, whatever you feel like. What's your favorite game?
1: I think there's like you know a couple factors that go into, but if if I'm just going blind, overall blanket statement of like favorite Pokemon game, I think I have to just then by default give it to Silver because it it left such an impact on me, and it's it's probably responsible for like the existential love that I have for Pokemon, and like that's that's why I have a. A graded version of it right here because that game it's is pretty just, awesome. And then Soul Silver, obviously, is if we're going in remakes, Soul Silver is um, incredible. They count. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would
4: have favorite? to say that. What's your favorite video um, game?
2: Okay, so <laughs> mine is going to be off the wall. I love the mainline games. If I were to go mainline, I would have to say Diamond because I loved Infernape. Um, it's obviously, one. Gen One always has a soft spot in my heart, and I love every time that they make a remake for Gen One. But my favorite and the one I spent by far the most time in, Pokemon Conquest. nice. That game, I wish they would come out with a second one. That game was so fun. It was so fun. I
1: love that, actually. that's that's awesome. This one you don't hear about enough. Yeah, I, I barely know what that is.
2: It is I a, know what it
0: is by name only.
2: It is a strategy. <laughs> Pokemon game. It's like Pokemon meets checkers, or yeah, I would say checkers okay. instead of chess.
4: That Interesting, It's really cool. Mine is uh, mine is leaf green.
0: Okay, um, leaf green and fire red are what brought me back into Pokemon from from like, from a kid. You know, I, I enjoyed you know red, blue, silver as a kid. Played those, and then high school came around and. I didn't play him anymore yeah mm-hmm. i got i got other things to worry about knowledge <laughs> came around and i discovered fire red and leaf green on emulators and so you know got to got the love of those again and then yeah. started getting back in the game and online battles um that's when i started learning about vgc and online battles. oh you got into it pretty early then um yeah uh showdown like early okay. showdown wow um so i, I yeah that once again, it comes back to the c- competition part. You know, I, I sure. did that so I could do online battles. I do the trading card games <laughs> so I can go to tournaments. You know, it's all about that. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Favorite episode of the <laughs> anime? Yeah,
1: I know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. No, it's, I, I think <laughs> I, I know exactly which one. Three million episodes to choose
0: from, so.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to make it pretty easy, and it might be a little cliche, but the uh and i shouldn't be spoiling anything for anybody at this point if so you probably live under a rock but <laughs> ash retiring from the uh the series uh the episode of him finally becoming a pokemon champion was like that i don't know if you guys have seen that one but i have like full body goosebumps right now thinking about it <laughs> They have uh, like, the have original theme song come through. Oh, my gosh. It's so good.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's... I have not seen that episode. I, I know it exists. That. It's so good. I've heard good things about it, but I've never seen it.
1: I would recommend, really quick, uh, if you have time to watch it because they're taking the whole Journeys series off of Netflix for whatever reason. Really? I'm, ho- I'm hoping that Pokemon's going to do, like, a independent streaming service of some sort. But, yeah, it's coming off of Netflix. I'm not sure why. Okay. Yeah I did see that they were going to remove that
2: I'll have to watch that episode specifically dude
1: That's so good Got good old Charizard Uh, I I won't say anymore but it's It's probably my favorite Just because it took All of us that got into it As a kid In you know What is it 28 years now that we're coming up on And it just brought it full Uh circle And it was just so epic It was so good They did a lot of good things about it
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Death,
2: uh, you what's your, your favorite, favorite episodes? episodes? My favorite? Um, it's hard because <laughs> uh, I loved all of Diamond and Pearl. Uh, that was mm-hmm. the last actual season that I was able to actually watch with my mom. So that holds oh, a nice. spot in my heart. But um, And then it was the first season that I actually watched with my wife. So <laughs> I've watched that. I've watched the whole complete uh, Diamond and Pearl series twice now. Uh, but my favorite episode is uh episode where charizard and ash takes on blaine in the fire gym
0: oh nice Because that
2: was the one where charizard actually listened to ash because i yep. wanted i wanted to actually see like what charizard would do but obviously every time he went into battle he wouldn't listen to ash for nothing so mm-hmm. but that was the that first was, one that he actually listened and that was, was in the great, volcano right yeah and it was a great battle with him and magmar so yeah
0: yeah it was that's yeah, a that, great that, episode. That Magmar was awesome to watch. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah, the Magmar. Sure. I think right, I ended up cheering then, for the Magmar because how cool he was.
2: And it's so <laughs> sad because he's so crap in the game. And of course, once right. I saw that episode, I had to go in the blue and go catch him. And then I'm like, I'm about to use they, this oh, Magmar. And no. Same with
0: Scyther. I was always disappointed with Scyther. Yeah. Such a cool how looking cool Pokemon. He,
2: yes. And yes, cool yes, in the show, dude. too. Yeah.
1: hmm. No, that's a what that's a fantastic people? choice because it it, we all wanted
0: Charizard to be loyal, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's well, unique. It's not at the end of the show or beginning. It's it's somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, the the seventh gym badge. I mean, it's it's unique. I like it. Yeah,
2: when he got Charmander, I mean, like he saved Charmander from an mm-hmm. abusive Pokemon or post Pokemon from death. It was raining. Yeah, so you would think like he would have been like, man, I owe this guy my life. But as soon as he tried to charmillion, he was like, nah, man, I I'm not listening to you. You're a, level 10 <laughs> I'm you're a level 10 trainer and I'm a level 16. I'm not listening to you.
4: So my favorites were. And it, it's I'm going to do a cop
0: out answer, even though I hate it. <laughs> I think it was like a, a stretch of two, maybe three episodes. The Sinnoh League that involved that my favorite
2: Pokemon. Yeah, yep. that was good.
0: It I was really the too. trainer Tobias using his nice. Darkrai to just roll through everybody, and then like, specifically why does this guy have Dark Darkrai? <laughs> dude? And then he had the Latios. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but um, he you know the his two episode. I think it was a two episode battle with Ash. Um, those two mm-hmm. were my favorites where nice. you know we had to use the um oh shoot i'm drawing a blank um i love this pokemon too the beetle the fighting beetle Heracross. there we go the hair because because the bug type against the dark that the sleep talk i mean you know, cool different things there um and then the pikachu against the latios i mean it was just it was a really cool battle and those two are my favorite episodes without question
2: Oh, so, i just, just want to go watch ask some pokemon one question now of you guys since you guys love the show how ridiculous that pikachu beat onyx in the tv show
1: (laughs) at least they got kind of creative with it i guess with the sprinkler
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) or with powering himself up from the generator from the from the water power yeah i i cringe when i watch those early episodes because Mm -hmm. and even in the game like just so many things they clearly didn't realize how big this was going to be and they there were a lot of things there was a lack of effort you can tell
1: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure but no yeah that's a that's a trigger part of an episode for sure
4: (laughs) or
0: where he shocked the geodude and like burned it to a crisp (laughs) yeah really yeah (laughs) makes sense (laughs) yeah that checks out and then i think i i know i've talked about it before how like the eight gym badges that Ash won, he only won like two in a battle. Yeah. <laughs> the rest were just given to him. And
1: that's the cool thing I appreciate about like the series as a whole. Um, is that progressively Ash actually does become like a competent human being. <laughs> like in the beginning he's just and I think it's probably like a good example of just just a ten year old, you know, that doesn't know what the heck they're doing. Yeah. And he, I kinda he, like that they did that.
0: They he yeah, just kind of got lucky. <laughs> but then he's an idiot at the beginning of season two again
1: <laughs> you're like oh maybe he didn't forget he just the whole walks
0: life. around and uses the charizard and beats a bunch of like Caterpies and stuff
4: <laughs> hey, hey that's you, you know you season took the
1: legendaries before. to beat the elite four before so <laughs> yeah
0: that's fair you're not wrong <laughs> you too yep let's sweep, sweep the elite four <laughs> um okay last question about under this
4: what is your favorite trading card? Your favorite Pokemon trading card? Oh. Specific one. I, I think I can narrow it down to th- to three. Uh
3: if
1: okay, I'll take the Gengar one that I, I think is probably just my favorite one overall. Uh it's definitely my favorite Gengar card. And it's it's a Japanese promo. It's the web promo. Um it's an e-reader type. Okay, it's, yep. it's like really hard to get and it's really hard to get in good condition. And I, I happen to be lucky enough to pick one up last year at the Fort Wayne regionals for a decent price. Um, it was I can't remember the exact context behind it, but it was a Japanese exclusive promo and they only did it. I don't I can't remember if it was like because Japanese uh, Japan likes to do like lottery system stuff. And I think it was either part of that. But there was different, there was like three different uh, series of this card, and they were all a different print. But this specific e-reader one is is like my absolute favorite. It's got probably the the best Gengar art in my opinion on it. Um, my favorite overall card, though, is probably if I want to not be cliche, it's it's probably the, uh, what was it the Neogenesis? I think it was Neogenesis, the Lugia. Okay, because that was that was like the first. Um, aside from Charizard, that would have been my cliche answer. Obviously, the the basic Charizard would have been your yeah. cliche answer.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, why I gotta, the... why, why it gotta
2: be uh, cliche?
1: <laughs> Everybody loves Char. Well, actually, that's not true. A lot of people hate Charizard, but Charizard's overrated. And I'll I say love I Charizard. Have. Charizard's so sick.
2: You and I cannot be friends anymore, Bolt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. He's just not <laughs> as great as everybody thinks he is. I don't know, man. Charizard's pretty sick.
2: But right, the Lugia
1: was, I think, my my favorite one because it was, like, the most beautiful card I had as a kid. Just because of the colorless type with the the foil background, it just it hit different.
4: I'm looking up this card right now.
1: And then Lugia. You, a lot of people are probably surprised that Lugia is not, like, my actual favorite Pokemon. He's one of them, but
0: I like a okay, lot of them. Okay, so is this the one Elemental Blast? Uses the three different
4: elements or three different types on the attack: the fire, water, and lightning.
1: Um, I have to
4: yes. That yep. card. That is a
0: beautiful card. It's so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful card. It's and very then the, good uh, the red and blue background with the white loogie on the front looks really cool. Yeah, it just it just popped,
1: and then you have that like old '90s, early 2000s galaxy foil that just Mm-hmm. Sparkled,
0: so good Yeah, that's a really cool looking card Good answer Go ahead and say it, basic Charizard
2: <laughs> We've already had this conversation, Bolt So you already know <laughs> that my favorite Which was my first foil card Was the Charizard with Fire Spin. Mm-hmm. That card is still My favorite card It is a um, very,
0: very good looking card Yeah
2: mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had quite a few since then Obviously, I like the new Charizard um, uh, Sleeper 1 tag team the magic carp and whale lord one was another Ooh. one i really liked
4: i like that card um, that's really a cool
2: one card. um so yeah that was another one that's uh, up there uh the charizard Zesharon card, uh fire charizard yeah the Reshiram. yeah Reshiram charizard that's a good one as well mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm a big Charizard fan,
0: and you know it's yeah, awesome.
2: <laughs> Charizard is not my actually favorite Pokemon. Mewtwo is, but Charizard's top because okay. it would be Mewtwo, Lugia, and then Charizard. But
1: happy birthday, um, Mewtwo!
2: <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Mewtwo. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my favorite card.
1: I gotta ask real quick because um, I'm curious, especially as a Charizard player, which print because we have a ton of them now is your favorite Charizard EX, the new one.
2: I like the original one. I like the, the original the black. one. Yes. I like the black. I just something about that black background it um, does pop. Just yes, It just, it's just gorgeous. But after that one would be the um, silver one with the black Charizard. I love that one as well. Okay. Um, that one is definitely up there. I don't too much care for the other, the arts with the other ones, but I love that black one with the silver background. That one is just gorgeous as well. I agree nice. with you
0: on that, the, the original one. But the new Paldean Fates Charizard looks incredible. I absolutely love that one. It's pretty sick. It's really cool.
1: I just so happen to get lucky enough, and I never get lucky with pulls for what it's worth, but I pulled uh, three of the Shattered Glass ones from... Was it Obsidian Flames? Obsidian Flame, yeah. So that's those are in my deck. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. yeah.
4: But we're getting a lot I of think, them now, and I think they're all pretty cool. I think all my Charizards that I had were the, or no, they were the promos. They were the the cheaper of the the silver, background ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's all in Death's hands now. Nice. <laughs> um, my uh, my favorite Pokemon card is now. I had
0: I played you know old back in the day, but I don't really remember. I vaguely remember the cards, kind of. So all my knowledge comes from current um the um special art of the the dark rye v star in crown zenith beautiful card and specifically the one that i have right in the center of the first page of my binder because it has grant shen's autograph on it <laughs> i was there <laughs> the uh the ceo of C-Pow. The CEO. <laughs> so
4: That's um awesome.
0: yeah met him at, at a league cup got him i opened up my binder and said Pick your favorite chart or uh, dark cry art. Sign it. He picked that one. And I said, "Go for it." I'm not going to sell it. So, <laughs> yeah, he he signed that one, and that's right in the centerpiece of my binder right now.
1: League Cup oh, on an ice rink, by the way, which was very yes. cool.
0: <laughs> yes, and I finished in ninth
1: place, <laughs> missed top eight by a tiebreaker. I think I was like twelfth or something. It was I was three two, but my resistance was awful. <laughs>
0: I uh, I missed top eight playing against Guardi, which you know I have a lot of Guardi games under my belt mm-hmm. because I didn't see the EX play coming. The uh, <laughs> yeah. the boss up the Greninja yeah. and snipe the bench. I've done that. that was relatively many, new at that point, times. wasn't it? Kind of. Well, yes, but I played that at the Puri Regional and I did it twice, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I knew it was there. But I just didn't expect the mu and I didn't play the Manaphy and yep, I, I got beat. That happens. <laughs> I'll do it. Genome hacking is pretty good. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. So moving on, um, let's talk a little bit about your journey of your, your growth as a content creator. Sure. So you said you've been doing this for like 10 months mm-hmm. and you have a, I mean, insane numbers for 10 months let's just flat out say it what has been the key to your growth i mean it's where did you you know start off you know hit it pretty big were you seeing growth early was there a lull before you hit it kind of what 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 was your progress in that sure
1: um i think there there was certainly like a, a lull to begin with i think luckily i had enough people like you know who uses Facebook anymore? But I have like a bunch of people from like back home that were kind of hyped up about like the prospect of me making content about Pokemon because like everybody knew that I liked Pokemon my whole life, but wasn't really you know doing anything about it. Um, so there was like initial influx of like you know that that first video when it hit like thirty five views. I'm like, yo, this is sick. I might as well just quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. <clears throat> I I'm trying to remember and I I want to go back while it's still like somewhat fresh or at least the analytical data is fresh and try to graph like how things went up because if I'm being honest I have no idea how it grew that there's there wasn't any secret sauce if if I want to be cliche about it like everybody says I think consistency was the biggest thing um ever since it was April of last year I've done at minimum one video a week. And this is more focused on like the pack opening side of things and stuff too. Um, Because doing multiple of those a week is just not financially realistic.
3: So you don't want to
1: buy a case of ETBs every week. (laughs) Nah, I think I'm good (laughs) unless, unless I want to give them to me for free, then, you know, I I will not complain about that, but I think it was the consistency. Um, It took a, a little while. I think, like my first goal, and I never imagined hitting like a hundred subscribers, because again, I didn't really have any goals with with it at all. Um, so hitting a hundred was huge. I did like a giveaway. I had like a a graded like Italian Raichu, like the original Raichu. I don't know how I even had that, but I gave that away. And then,
0: dude, that was in like your
1: first month too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And I did. I honestly, I have no idea. I just. So I think what might've helped a little bit is that I already had like a somewhat established Twitter. I'd been on Twitter for quite a while. um, And I just kind of started shifting the gear to like just Pokemon stuff. And so I was kind of, I think feeling it a little bit with that, but I I honestly have no idea. And then <laughs> I th- I think honestly, what did it is I did a few giveaways, but not so much to the fact that like, I didn't want people to come just because I was giving stuff away. Right. I wanted it to be like a minor catalyst.
4: Well, you want a a quality audience, right? Yep. Yeah. People that are going to, you know, actually tune in because they want to. Want shared passion, right? Like I I
1: want my people to be here because my content's good and I want it to fail. If the content's bad, you know, I want the, the consequences to fit. How good the content is or isn't so. I've just kept doing what i'm doing and i think the biggest thing so obviously for starters is just to like do it i know that's easier said than done sometimes but just just film the video just film the one video if you hate it we it's 2024 and we have some pretty awesome software for free you can just redo it and some of it's really easy to use (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) i don't think i've even touched the surface of what uh phrase i use davinci resolve to edit videos i don't I don't know how to even like fully edit videos. I just, (laughs) I just touch the surface of it and it, that's really all it takes. Honestly, you don't need crazy gear or anything. Um, literally just some sort of camera
0: and a microphone. I've seen people use their phone. I mean, they record voice on your phone and Mm -hmm. edit it right there. I mean, people can do that. It's, it's a thing. It's, it's legit. It's real. Yeah, for
1: sure. Absolutely. And yeah, I honestly, I think just keeping going with it, the consistency, and there's not really like a formula of like, you have to do it once per week, but just like, if you think of yourself as a content consumer, you want to see like consistent content from the person you're following. And so that's just kind of the, the method I followed is what I would want to see from somebody, I guess.
4: Well, and
0: in in addition to that, you want to see a a good amount of content because if, you know, if I watch your video and I enjoy it, I'm going to look and see what else you did. If you only have, you know, two or three videos, I'm going to run out and I'm going to go find somebody else. (laughs) Yep. A hundred percent. You just, you just nailed it right there. Yep. And a lot of people, you know, they're like the gaming space, the, the Pokemon space, it's full. It's not, there's a lot of people that enjoy this game and there's a lot of people that have a lot of time throughout the week when they're, you know, for podcasts, when they're driving in their cars or, Mm -hmm. for videos when they're sitting in the evening, just relaxing after a day's work. They'll put on YouTube video and just watch some pack openings or, or watch some gameplay. I mean, there's a lot of people and a lot of time that people have to watch these videos. So the, the space I mean, is not full.
2: I'm not going I have podcasts and uh, videos going in the background when I'm at work, balancing accounts yep. and oh, absolutely. Doing, yep. like, doing my accounting stuff. Like I'm doing end of month stuff right now and I've got videos going in the background or podcasts going in the background that I'm listening to while I'm doing my work. By the way, uh, Brett, if you're listening to this, this is not true. I work very hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I listen to podcasts and watch videos when I'm playing TCG live. You know, I'll mm-hmm. have a video, you know, of you know Azul's gameplay or something on my screen while I'm playing the same deck or uh, tricky Jim. I'll have him up and trying to deck out that he's playing. I'll watch that or you know have a podcast going. I mean, you consume media while you're doing other things. Just the The space is far from full. Yeah, but
2: not in not the age of multitasking, yes, not skilled enough in the TCG yet to be uh, watching somebody else play while I play. <laughs> I gotta concentrate a little too much. <laughs> I still fair. make boneheaded moves. So,
4: yeah, I am
2: making a lot more.
0: <laughs> when I start an online tournament, yeah, everything's silent. <laughs> That's when I'm focused. But <laughs> but when I'm you know, playing on the non-existent ladder that you know is on there, then yeah, I'll I'll multitask. That's where streaming has been far more difficult than I thought it would be.
1: Let me tell you like i I already struggle to make like
0: sensible plays. yikes, when it's live, it's it's rough. oh dude, I own it. um the last uh, I did the Golden Go video that you just posted this morning, uh-huh. and I owned it. I'm like, yeah, I struggled through this deck. I can't play it. <laughs> I'm not good with it. I even and tagged, I think that's uh, the best
1: thing. you have to be honest about it. You're like because, Sorry, I, I totally just cut you off there. No, no, you're fine. But no, you're I think this here. is a huge thing. We're here thing. for you, so you talk. Especially in the competitive TCG part, right? Because I was super intimidated to make like competitive videos because I'm not Azul Garcia Griego. I'm not Andrew Mahone. Like, I'm not those guys. But not everybody's looking for those guys. Like The average person, that especially somebody just getting into the game or something, they're looking for people that make mistakes because they want to know that other people make these mistakes. And like, If you can identify those mistakes, I think that's huge. And I've, that's the kind of feedback that I've gotten because I'm not great. I'm like, I'm like a super average player, very average (laughs) three, two, you know, I'm just missing top eight all the time. Like, but as long as you're having fun with it and then most of all, like identify when you make those mistakes. And I, I think people will come back.
4: Yeah, dude, if you're,
1: if
0: you're a super average player, there's half the world that's worse than you. Right. <laughs> the world can learn from your gameplay, right. but um, that's that's another point that uh, a good point that there's always people there that can learn from you, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not bashing you know the big names like like Azul or Mahone, right. but they they're 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 up here. They're it's been a long time since they've been beginners. Right. I was a beginner a year and a half ago. So Um,
2: I was a beginner four months ago. What are you talking about? (laughs) Exactly,
0: that that it's precisely my point. So, like these are things that we can bring to that those those newer players that that these bigger names may struggle to because they're just so far beyond that level that maybe they just you know kind of forgot the questions that they were asking at that time or or what they're wanting to learn, Mm
4: -hmm. and
0: that's ultimately a big motivation for this podcast is. For sure We can bring the the more beginner friendly competitive approach. It's not, you know, casual gameplay and it's not uh you know we haven't been playing for decades. Right. So we we can we can uh, be a be a place that these beginner competitive players can listen and learn and grow with us. For sure. And I I I love
1: that approach from your guys' podcast from the get-go. I think more people just need to like bite the bullet and like accept that, that you're just like an average player, just, just make the content, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like pe-
1: people learn from mistakes just as much as
0: they learn from successful plays, you know? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if I want to watch, you know, Azul play, I'm going to turn on a regional and he's going to get on stream. But <laughs> when I go you know, scroll through YouTube, I see, you know, these other players that are, you know, aren't on stream all the time and I can learn from them because mm-hmm. every person's going to give you a different perspective. For
1: sure. And it's it's tough too because like I've I've had uh a good handful of like coaching sessions from Azul I did a while back. I haven't done as many anymore because time time permits, but um you ask them questions about like initial deck searches and stuff like that. And we also live in an age where deck lists change like every minute. You're always switching cards out, energy counts change, like the Charizard, you go from like six, which I hate by the way. I think that, that list is overly aggressive six to like eight energies and like that changes a lot and for me um i struggle to remember sometimes what card counts are unless i've been playing the deck like 24 7 which is just not going to happen and you like you ask him questions like that and he's just like i just remember (laughs) like it's it's those people are indeed so far removed from being a beginner they're great teachers don't get me wrong but like you said they're it's just hard for them to understand kind of what it was like to be a beginner.
0: And the uh, pro tip for what you just talked about there. Pull up a deck list creator online and just build your deck and then delete it. Build it again, delete it over and over again until you know every card in that deck. Um, I did that maybe 50 to 100 times before the pre Regional, So that way, every opening deck search, I knew it was in my deck and I could figure out my prizes very, very quickly.
1: That's good. I actually had never even thought of that.
2: Yeah, I never thought of that either. I mean, I know my Charizard deck because I've been playing it for four months, so I, at this point, sure. know, like, once it hits the... Once I see my hand, and then once I get my first search card, I, I know all of what's in my prize cards and everything like that, but, like, this week playing the Snorlax deck, <laughs> it's been a few <laughs> times where I'm like, um, where's this card again? And what am I looking for? <laughs> well now that's
0: that's another good point there is you've played a ton of games on tcg live and you've played a handful of games in person it is so much harder to deck oh search and
2: because they sort the deck you. for you live <laughs> well no but i agree with you but again because the deck that is built was pretty much a strong resemblance to the deck i play online Um, It was still easy to pretty much search like I know what I'm looking for and I know what I'm going in for so it's easy for me to search even in play in like in person but um, Mm -hmm. if I were to ever switch deck or like switch out a bunch of cards like when the new set comes out and I have to switch out a bunch of cards. That's gonna be like if I go to the tournament two days later, I'm not gonna know where anything is, and that's gonna be a problem. But <laughs> well, right now, like either one is not a problem because I know my deck really well. And sure. you're right
0: because you have so many games in live. But in addition to that, if you're you know getting ready to go to a tournament, you want to make sure that you you know can do those deck searches. You know what's in there. Take the take the paper deck, the physical deck, and you know give yourself a, a seven card hand. Lay out six prizes. Mm-hmm. And now look through your deck and see how quickly you can come up those six prizes, because it is far different than it is on live. But you're no, you're right, that you're the, the more play. you play in live, the better chance you have of, you know, being able to identify those prizes in person, just, you know, knowing the deck and being comfortable with that deck like you are with your Charizard deck.
2: But yeah, no, I agree with you live is definitely I told you live makes things a lot easier. I don't have to. Yeah, make, they got the training change wheels change for next. <laughs> it
3: to organizes really the cards, <laughs> right?
2: <No. laughs> If I make my ability, I don't have to, like, if I forget to do an ability, uh-huh. it's it still lit up for me to be like, hey, you need to do this ability, where in real life, I'm probably not going to do it, like, so, <laughs> there's there's there's, a, there's definitely a perk to playing on live, on live than it is to playing in person, just because of that easiness of... <laughs> the computer yeah. to work for you
0: dubs this weekend if i play you i'm gonna be like hold on let me organize my deck on this first deck search so i can, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can count my friends <laughs> gotta get all my counts because they're just perfectly ordered out in line. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay so back to back to your uh your content creation i yeah. know you mentioned you know earlier you had these kind of smaller goals and you don't really know where you're going but what are some of your long-term goals for your content creation whether it be youtube twitch you know twitter whatever uh all of your you know social media together what are your long-term goals sure um
1: so it, and i say this with like the most humble way that i can but like one of my one of my initial goals for like this entire year was to be recognized by pokemon and i, I was lucky enough like i'm super super lucky to have had this happen but like that's happened um, you're one I've month to, in and you've met one of your big goals. <laughs> like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> um, I've got a couple other companies reaching out to me. Um, another goal that I had was, and and this isn't, hasn't been like super announced yet, but I can talk about it as I, I really, really wanted to be partnered with advanced GG, the gaming supplements that Azul uses. And that is in, in effect. Um, so that's pretty cool so you are sponsored by them now hmm that's amazing that's great thank you um so it's it's like in the works it's not totally finalized but like my my care package is on the way so it's it's pretty much through um so as far as like goals go I have like numbers goals um and I actually have them right here as like an example and some of them are kind of ridiculous but like there is also a fine line where, like, if you're not shooting for the stars, what's the point? I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you you know you're <laughs>
0: shooting for ten thousand, you hit nine thousand. Whatever, that's fine. I mean, sure. you got close. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> like, I can't agree with that. If I'm shooting for ten thousand, I want eleven.
1: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, and I don't know. Like, I can't tell you what made me think of these numbers. I was just kind of going on like a trajectory path that I feel like I've been going on. Um, and all my numbers are, you know, it's it's not crazy for I think a full year of this. I want like five thousand subs on YouTube. Again, arbitrary number. I just it's just a a goal I want to hit. Like seven fifty followers on Twitch. I think that's pretty fair. That's been going up. Twitch is really hard to get a following on, by the way. (laughs) So if anybody's out there and starts streaming, don't be scared to stream to one viewer for weeks. It's it's super common. It's it's really tough.
0: Yeah, it must be hard when Azul raids you a few times, right? <laughs> <laughs> to
1: be to be fair, I like kind of know him a little bit. Um, I'm not saying we're like buddies, and I text him or anything, but like he knows who I am, so I I think that might help a little bit. But yeah, I've I've also been super fortunate to be raided by Azul like I think
0: six <laughs> times now, which is nuts. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs>
4: that is
0: amazing. And uh, speaking to your your Twitch comment there. It's so hard to start tr- streaming on Twitch. Oh, it is. I've had two test streams so far, and I'm so nervous when I do it. And I have no, no viewers, I have nobody watching, and I'm super nervous. It's rough. Partially because in between games, I'll pull up you know, another computer window. And if I, if it goes up on the wrong screen, I'm just recording. I can cut that out. I can't do that. During Twitch. during <laughs> <Yeah>, It's <laughs> so, all live. It's, it's I'm so nervous when I do that. One of these days, I'm going to bite the bullet and try it, but man, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it that's a what while makes nervous. It took a yeah, long that, I,
2: while. Same here. Cause I have yet to, I have Twitch all set up and ready to go, but it just, I'm not gonna lie. It terrifies me. It terrifies yeah, me too. Yeah. Mine's all ready
0: to go. And I, <laughs> nope, not yet. <laughs>
1: It's it's uh, definitely one of those things that uh, I think live streaming is one of the the things I had to get the most comfortable with Um, because and then the other thing like you don't know who's sitting there watching you like live as you're making all these mistakes and and stuff like that Um, it's just it's very nerve wracking but I've definitely grown to and it now it's just like one of my outlets I love streaming if if I had to play. Or if I had to choose between streaming in front of, you know, the 300 people that Azul rated me with or playing out a live hand in front of four people at the shop, I would stream every day. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's just because sitting behind a camera is just so much easier, but it's it's definitely nerve wracking. And it, it takes a long time to get a following on Twitch uh, because discoverability is like horrendous on Twitch, <laughs> but but yeah, I've got I've got some numbers goals for all the platforms, but um, just kind of keep going and keep being passionate and happy about the journey, I guess um, it, it could honestly go in whatever direction. But as long as I'm still having a good time with it, I think that's
0: that's like my actual goal. And yeah, that's that's great, because, you know, like we said before, that if. If you you know have a, have a numbers goal and and you're not meeting it, uh, mm-hmm. it can cause burnout. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, so right. you, that's that should be the major goal for anything like this: is enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. for for most of us, it's not a job; it's a hobby. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you should be doing other things with your your hobby time. I would love for it to like. There's never an expectation
1: that this is going to take over my full time job. That's probably just. Super unrealistic, but if it did, like I, I probably would, uh, I probably would take that chance.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, but, think about how much more content you could create too if this was your job. Yeah, um, I mean, it would just open up so many doors for what you can do, how much content you can create, a ton of opportunities. And we live in the time that's like
1: for it, and it. I feel like it's only going to keep getting um, more welcoming to like content creation being like a career.
4: That's yeah, just I mean, one of
1: those things though where if if it falls into place, it falls into place. But I'm not I'm not realistically hoping for that.
0: I mean there's there's kids, you know, that are growing up in the, the content creation world. Yeah. You know, my my kids are, you know, all about Minecraft YouTubers. Yep. And they're watching these all the time. And there are kids that are watching Pokemon YouTubers. And as they grow up, they'll be, you know, growing up with these these Pokemon YouTubers, Twitch streamers, that kind of thing, Learning mm-hmm. the game with them. There's just always gonna be more people coming in that That are here to to experience content.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about Pokemon too. Is no matter what aspect of it that you're in, it constantly is changing and growing. So there's always going to be
0: content to
4: make. I mean, there's (laughs) long live Pokemon because it's not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So, final question for you: Any and you you kind of talked about it throughout this, but any
0: tips and tricks for up and coming? uh pokemon content creators
2: especially content creators like me <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i i think one of the biggest things and i take this also from like my career as a, a software engineer too is just like and it takes a long time it takes a long time to get to this point but like don't be afraid to fail i think is the hugest thing um because that fear of failure is like what inhibits you from creating in the first place mm-hmm. That's that's what stopped me anyway. I, I can't speak for everybody else, but just making that one video and like gauge how you feel after that, like make the content for you first and then then like, you know, as you start to get a following, you can like somewhat cater to that. But I, I still think it's mostly about like doing what makes you happy as a content creator, because like like you said, Bolt. like what's the point if you're not happy doing it? Cause like we're, we're not shooting for burnout two months in, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not making a living doing this. So if I'm not right. enjoying it, you better believe I'm not doing it. What's the point? Especially, exactly. you know, as we're, we're adults, we
1: have like adult lives that we have to live outside of this. Like it's gotta be like
0: a hobby first, something that you enjoy. Um, you yeah, have the relaxation outlet, the, uh, you know, competitive outlet, whatever you need is yeah. what your hobby should be.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and just and just go for it. Like, whatever your goals are, just shoot for it. Keep going if, if things are rough. Because while we did just say that we are growing up or living through, I guess, um, like the content creation era, it is tough. It is very tough to get going. It's tough to get discovered. Um, find that thing that sets you apart from some of the people that you look up to, I think. And I'm not saying you have to be like night and day difference, but find what makes you you. And just like keep chasing that. And uh, something will eventually come of it. Honestly, it's just we're in too much of a content creation era where. You know, something's going to happen.
0: One more, you know, just kind of I just kind of thought of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Any particular content creators that have inspired you or um, you kind of see them. You're like, that's kind of where I want to be or that's. I've learned from you and this is what I want to do now. Are there That's any particular content creators that, that have inspired you? Sure. Um,
1: it. I feel like some of these answers are so like you could just expect them, but like Andrew Mahone with Tricky Jim and Azul, those guys are uh, maybe I think a little bit with the content creation stuff, Azul's starting to kind of go to the direction that initially inspired me kind of with Andrew where he's not like making a living as a competitive Pokemon player per se, but more so just like creating Pokemon content,
3: mm-hmm. which
1: is so cool. Um, his partnerships, all of his content creation stuff. And then he he does still travel and, you know, he's a heck of a Pokemon player. Um, so those guys uh, definitely huge uh, push for me. Um, and then kind of on like the other side of the Pokemon spectrum, like real breaking Nate, he just has a genuine passion for Pokemon. He's not just a, a pack cracker, you know, (laughs) like he -hmm. actually cares about Pokemon and and the arts and all that stuff. And that's kind of what my content is inspired by. Like I open packs a little slower than most people because I just love to open Pokemon cards. I'm not just chasing the high dollar. Actually, I could care less about the dollar value of the cards that I pull. (laughs)
0: I'm just opening Pokemon cards because it's awesome.
1: The people um, that open
0: them quickly are the ones that are shoving them off to get graded and selling them immediately, and they're doing talking it for, about like for the investing views and the, the money and stuff. Yeah, no, that's
1: I'm not about that. If nope. if anything says investing in Pokemon videos, I just don't. I don't even. Right,
3: it's not my I, thing either. Nope. <laughs> no,
1: but like, yeah, I think Real Breaking Nate is probably like the overarching influence behind my stuff, just because he like he lives that life of just making Pokemon stuff. He went to, I watch all of their world's videos where they went as Pokemon content creators. And like, that's the life. <laughs> it just, it just looks awesome. And that, so that's, that's kind of like the loose goal that I'm shooting for in, in some way, shape or form, I guess.
4: I, uh I, I do,
0: you know, mention Azul and Mahone as well as, you know, content creators I've watched, but one that has, directly inspired me just because of the way that he he uh show, presents the videos explains the plays is kieran farah oh yeah um yep. he doesn't do videos very often but mm-hmm. when he does they are golden and he like just I mean, started. he yeah and he has a podcast uh i listen to that podcast you know every every episode that's the one i go to because mm-hmm. um i mean i absolutely love his content but his he had a uh, a video it was about the guardy mirror match and Which he was analyzing. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's incredible, incredible skill, skill cap matchup, mm-hmm. but he was analyzing. Um, I can't remember who was in the, the video, but it was a, a regional, I think regional final or uh, top four or something like that, but he was analyzing the video and just the way he was, you know, going over explaining every, every move, it dramatically increased my, my uh, my guardy knowledge just from watching that, and that's kind of inspired me for when i when i make my videos and when i'm making my plays i try to kind of mirror what he was doing there with you know thinking from every every aspect but explaining it to where everybody can understand it um, right but not being you know dull enough to where it's you know boring <laughs> the the more experienced players and he just has a way with with how he's explaining things on there so his articulation be, is huge uh, especially
3: yes, in gameplay
0: for sure
2: you guys make me feel bad because i don't watch any pokemon <laughs> <laughs> i was i was just
1: gonna ask Death, what's your uh what's your motivation for content creation i
2: got mine is three um actually the biggest one was dato doya i don't know if you guys because he's more of a kind of a gaming youtuber and not a specific like archetype of YouTuber, but sure. then um, him and then Syriax and Rhyme Style, uh, those okay. are the three that kind of got me where I watched their videos and then I was like, hey, they're it's fun, um, I enjoy what they do, um, it'd be fun to do the same thing that they do, kind of entertain people. Um, I know Rhyme Style and Syriax, the main thing that I watch for them is Yu Gi Oh! Um, and mm-hmm. I love like their Yu Gi Oh! gameplay, so that kind of got me into like. I love Pokemon. I love playing the Pokemon TCG game. Um, I want to do that. Uh, I do. I did do a couple Yu-Gi-Oh! videos, but Yu-Gi-Oh! is just too far out there to where I'm like, man, it would take me a lot of time to focus to try to learn Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, if I wanted to be competitive you know, or it. even good in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In order for me to do that, I'd have to spend too much time on it. Where Pokemon, I mean, I slapped together Charizard, Arcanine, and... I can't remember what else was the first actual deck that I played with them and um, slapped that together. Won my first match on recording and just went from there. Obviously, yep. I've had a lot of ups and downs since then, but um, yeah. But those three are what started me into getting back into YouTube. What was That's your my very
0: custom. first YouTube video?
2: Ah, uh, it was um, Fortnite. Fortnite okay. with me, you, and.
0: Cereal? Yep.
2: I think it was okay. and cereal yeah
0: Yep. I was wondering if that was your first one
2: that is the very first video which by the way people if you do come across my channel do not watch that video there is a that is a very mature rated video
0: you've been warned. very mature <laughs> I had a couple a couple of those fortnite videos posted but I started my first couple of videos were a couple of years ago uh, League of Legends and Magic Arena were were some of my first videos. And then, creating League yeah, content. That's got to be rough.
1: Oh, dude, it was so <laughs> fun.
0: I, I played so much league, <laughs> but this is more fun. This is a lot kind of like what
1: what death said there about like being inspired by more of just like overall gaming um content creators, because I, I do have my guilty pleasure and that is every now and then, you know, like like in a boring meeting or something. <laughs> Ninja's always streaming and I find him while he can be cringe, like we all know that, it's just very entertaining and just kind of like the lifestyle that he's able to live. Like dude's just a gamer, which is insane. He literally wakes up, does brand deals <laughs> and games.
0: <laughs> like, well, and you can learn a lot from these, the non yeah. Pokemon gaming creators too, because I mean, if you, you know, watch Pokemon creators, you, you're you're learning what has already been done. But right. if you're, you know, watching these non-Pokemon gaming content creators, you can maybe, you know, take what have they done and bring that into this space that maybe either hasn't been done or not been done very
1: often. Absolutely. A hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I agree. All
4: right, Death, do you have anything else you want to ask Mr. Dubs before
0: we get into Pokemon trivia?
2: <laughs> well, he's actually been very like clear on what he's done and everything and. I've enjoyed like listening to his growth and like his plans and everything. I've enjoyed it a lot.
1: I appreciate that. I, I, sometimes I get a little carried away and, and talk a little too much. So you know, cut out, cut out what you need.
2: <laughs>
0: Dude, you, we're we're here for you, not for us. So yeah, the floor is yours, as so much as you want. Well, yeah, we do guys, this. Bro.
2: We do this every week, and we tend to talk a lot. So <laughs> it's, it's
0: good. I do, I do listen.
2: listen to someone else.
0: <laughs> I do listen. I do appreciate I that. that. I will say that has been inspiring from the start of our journeys, is knowing that you have kind of followed us throughout yeah. The, yeah, the podcasting yeah. journey.
1: Uh, yeah. No, I was telling Bolt today, I have I have the the analytics for your guys' stuff up too, and I keep an eye on it because I, I want to see people grow. That's that's the other part of the content creation thing, is that like it's never uh a, a competition really. Like I want people in the same space, especially my friends, to to succeed and I'll do everything I can to push that.
0: You know, it's awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I just subscribed to your channel today. So,
0: yo, thanks. (laughs) I appreciate that. So, was he the one that got it to the even, whatever number you were were at there? He might have, because, you know, I made a
1: posting that I hit 2,700 and then it went down to 2,699. Now we're at 2,701.
0: So, it was actually not me that unsubscribed, just to be clear.
1: (laughs) I figured you were memeing, but then I, you know, you never know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, now that we have built you up, let's tear you down with our Pokémon Trivia. Rip me apart. And let's see let's where do you're it. at. <laughs> okay. Death, would you like to uh, present your Pokémon
4: Trivia question first, or do you want me to? You go ahead. Okay. So, oh, today's boy. question is Pidgeot. Okay.
0: Most of my questions have been coming from the video game, and that's where this oh, one will come boy. from as well. Probably <laughs> sets and stuff. Oh, boy. I, I I love the egg move questions. Um, I love the no. move type questions. I'm However, just
1: automatically going to submit. I'll try on those, but no. <laughs> However, this one
0: is about Pidgeot's base stats.
4: Oh, uh, don't
2: tell me we got the same question. <laughs> I
4: hope not. I so, want to fail twice.
3: Yeah, hold on
4: base stats oh my gosh you're one of those guys that
1: memorizes all the charts right
0: (laughs) uh no when i'm doing vgc i have them up separately (laughs) so i get to do the same here so absolutely not (laughs) so uh we are not counting speed okay so hp attack defense special attack special defense
2: okay yours is different than mine
0: what (laughs) is Piggiot's highest base stat and what is his lowest base stat
1: not numbers wise, just yeah, what's yeah. The, What the stat? what?
0: Not you don't have to give me the number. Just what stat okay. is the highest and which stat is the lowest? Not counting speed, because everyone knows speed would be
1: as
4: highest, right? What's the highest and what's the lowest? You said yes. Oh boy! So we got attack,
1: defense, special attack, special defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Was there was there another one or is it just those four? Uh, HP, attack, defense, HP. special attack, special defense. okay let's see i'm i'm kind of just kind of just winging it here i'm not gonna lie but if if i was thinking of like pidgeot as a pokemon in general yeah obviously speed um but aside from that i'm gonna say and this is where i i don't know because like i don't know my uh my type charting with with the vgc i don't know the attack combos and where they fall in attack and special attack so we're going to kind of wing it but if i were to take Uh, wing it nice (laughs) 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 see it even just comes naturally you know i know right (laughs) um i would say highest maybe special attack and lowest would be hp Okay, what if I told you you couldn't be
0: further from correct? (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. HP is his highest. Are you serious? Based at 83. Okay. And his lowest is tied. Special attack and special defense. (laughs) It's 70.
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, I was like kind of, you know, kind of on par with it. Just...
0: You just had him flipped. (laughs) So yeah, who knew? Pigshot was an HP monster with a whopping 83. It's I really wouldn't have thought how that. close his his um base stats are not counting speed. We have What's the lowest speed? is 70.
4: Speed's 101. Ooh. But his uh, his lowest is 70, and then his highest non-speed is 83. So they're very, very close. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna whiff those kinds of questions for sure. <laughs> All right, well, no, yeah, you got
2: another one because <laughs> mine has to do with mega pidgeot. So mega oh Pidgeot is tied with the highest special attack with two other normal pokemon. What is his special attack um stat? What's the number? Yes. Okay.
1: And we're thinking we're talking mega. So, yes. And I'm not even sure. I'm trying to think on my best on like what's considered high and what's considered low. Like 101 for speed's pretty darn high, right? Like anything in the 100
4: yes area. But-
2: As I said, he's tied with the highest of all normal with two other normal type Pokemon. So it's going to be high, high. It's not going to be high. I can't
0: imagine there's a ton of normals that have very high special attack anyway, since most normal attacks
4: are physical. And we're right.
2: That's why it's two.
4: (laughs) What what even is the cap?
2: I'm Um, not even sure. That is a great question. I would think 150 is probably the cap because those are legendaries.
4: Okay. Uh, the highest special attack that exists in the game is looks like probably Mega Mewtwo at 194.
2: Okay, okay. yeah. Mega so Mewtwo, that, Mega Deoxys Primal Kyogre—all those high. are really
1: up there. Okay, I, I'll
2: give you that. It's nowhere near that high.
1: I had to get like some some sort of ceiling, so I'm not like 700. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, Primals and Megas are way up there. Okay, and it's tied for the the two highest.
2: It's tied with normal two type? others for the highest normal type special attack. Yep.
1: Okay. Um. Again, just just ballparking it here. Let's go. One ninety's the highest. We make, make here real kind quick. Of I'll exciting. give you another
4: one. Dragonites is a hundred. But he's a physical attacker. Okay. <laughs> so just kind of where something might be. Let's go with um. This is completely arbitrary. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 93.
2: You are way low.
4: That's way low.
1: That's way low. Traging. 1 135. There you go. There right it is. Up. You
2: hit it right on the nose.
3: <laughs> are you serious? Now, <laughs> yeah. 135. Yeah.
2: Now, my second part to the question. Name <laughs> the other two Pokémon that he is talking Oh god.
3: About.
1: I was afraid that was going to be your first question. <laughs> I thought it was going to be too. oh man normal type pokemon one
2: will be kind of well if you play competitive or play the game a lot the one would be kind of easy to name because that one i was able to name but the other one i almost guarantee you you will not name it
1: i i guarantee you're right (laughs) and this is where i get weird too because like typing of pokemon changes between the games even the anime the manga and the TCG, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Is there I, is there any world where there's like options I can choose from? <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. Um, what about a, a generation? Can you give him a generation hit?
2: Um, the one I don't remember what generation he originated from. The, the other one no. I can tell you that he's an evolution form. Of a generation one Pokemon. very okay. hard to get generation one Pokemon.
4: Hmm. You're gonna have to put the Jeopardy timer in into the uh, <laughs> into the podcast here. <laughs> oh man.
1: Now we're testing like my generation knowledge and
4: stuff. I'm falling apart. Um I have an idea for this one. one. I'm kind of curious on it. What do you think? <laughs> I'll I'll let, I'll let Mr. Dubs take a guess here. It's okay. an
1: evolution of a generation 1 Pokemon.
2: A very hard to get. Yeah. A that's, generation 1 Pokemon. That's what that's what's giving
4: me a, a hint here. Normal type. <laughs> I can't. I'm just completely blanking. Like uh, I can't even
0: give an example. Death. Would you say that there is a a difficult chance
4: of catching one?
2: Um, you. It's not difficult to catch it,
4: but it is difficult to get. Okay, so maybe it's not what I'm thinking of.
2: What are you thinking of,
4: Blissey. No. Okay. No. I didn't know Lizzie was was uh, special or physical, but it wouldn't even be that high anyway. Never mind.
2: Blissey ours- has. Chancy had a high special though in Gen well, One
0: because of the special defense when it jumped off. Uh, when they split special, oh,
2: they did special it. attack yeah, wasn't special high defense, anymore. Yeah, you're right.
0: I do know
4: that Darkrai has a 135 special attack.
2: I think because it's Rocket <laughs> League game corner.
4: Oh, I know it! I know it. Nine hundred and ninety
1: nine coins. Yeah. The only thing that rings a bell there is Gimme Ghoul. <laughs> Goldango. <laughs> Which obviously that's not the answer, but wrong you know, it game, took, bro. Took nine hundred ninety nine coins, you know, to, to evolve. Oh yeah, there it is. Yep. Um Oh my gosh. Is it uh, well no, that's not a normal type. I was gonna it's say a- Berserker, but oh.
0: The second evolution was a a trick room setter in VGc. Yes. I use it. I use it big time. Oh, that, trick room. That one actually narrows it down. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the Pokemon never appeared in the United States.
2: um In, in the, the one episode that it showed up in in the anime, gave a bunch of yep. There you go. But that's not the answer. What's the answer? But that's not the answer.
1: Porygon. I guess Porygon two or Z.
2: See, yep, you're right. See. And then I'll give you the yeah, other one. Awesome is, those two. <laughs> there is no way. Well, do you want to guess Bolt? On the I have one? no idea.
4: I have absolutely no idea.
2: It's Drampaw. That's a normal uh, type? That is a normal dragon type, yep. Huh. Just came out in
1: Pokemon Go, too.
2: I did not realize. I would have never guessed that myself. Not only did I have to look up his stats, but I had to look up his typing, because I was like, is he really a normal? Because I know he's a dragon, but I didn't realize he was a normal dragon.
1: <laughs> Those dual types they'll throw me off, but I'm I am glad that I was able to deduce who it was by you saying that he did first didn't show up, but then was in an episode, but then that was later taken off air because it sent a bunch of Japanese kids to the hospital,
0: which is he, extremely yep. <laughs> unfortunate. Yep. Well, then there was the uh, Dratini episode that was not shown because of a gun. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so that was Pokemon trivia, and we're going to finish up the episode by talking about the Knoxville Regional Championships. And Justin, you uh, made an appearance at Knoxville, so I did. tell us a little bit about um, your deck choice, your preparation for Knoxville, and then how the tournament went for you. So,
1: I did make an appearance. I don't know that it was a good appearance, but I was there. <laughs> so we'll we'll start that.
0: It's more than I can say.
1: <laughs> um. I I ended up going with Goldango with a one-one Palkia. It's basically the exact list that the Shuffle Squad guys used to get day two in. I believe Charlotte. Um, the preparation was basically, and this is kind of going back into the content creation thing. Where like, what fueled me to start streaming was literally to get more gameplay in because I don't find myself uh sitting at home and like playing the TCG live a whole lot. I don't know why, but streaming forces me to do so. So that's the deck that I had been playing a lot um on streams and stuff. And my overall reasoning with it is that the deck is super fun. It's it's definitely not like tier S or even one. It might be lucky to fall into two, but it's it's definitely playable. And I felt like going into the event and have a pretty good matchup spread. There wasn't a whole lot of matchups where I was, like, super uncomfortable with it. Um, block locks being, like, the biggest hit or miss, but even that's, it's still very much winnable. Um, Probably so that's, a good matchup against Lostina, too, right? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, especially when, like, Lostina is its own worst enemy in some of those games. <laughs> right. And you can just kind of, uh, if you can stay consistent, like, you can just you just knock everything out, you know? It's That's the biggest thing. Is it's got a, a high ceiling to reach as far as damage output goes, and I, I always think that's really fun. I like to go fast and hit hard. Um, so that's kind of my reasoning behind the deck. The other one was Charizard, and Charizard's obviously, like, one of the best decks in the format. It's incredibly good. I have a lot of fun playing it, but I wasn't confident in myself with the deck. Um, Namely, like, Snorlax is basically an auto loss um play out like the first two or three turns to see if you can just pop off and they and they brick but otherwise you just you just go get an
0: early lunch (laughs) at that point really um so the the other thing about charizard is you you know a lot of charizard's coming so you have to think are you a better player than the charizard player sitting across the table from you
1: that is literally what i thought and i'm like i'm not I wasn't like not confident in myself as a player. I just didn't have any reps in the Charizard Mirror match, and Mirror matches are already like tricky, no matter what, uh, and almost like any archetype. Oh, wow. The Mirror match is one hundred percent skill based. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of luck. Like you could break up and just not even play the game, but it's always going to come down to the better player of the deck. <laughs> and I just didn't Best have enough for- reps, so I wasn't super confident. I even took it to the challenge. Um, the day before the actual event. Um, you took the Charizard
3: there?
1: Yeah, because for those that don't know, they usually do like a, a couple league challenges on the Friday that the events open up. And so I took the Charizard there to like definitively narrow it down. <laughs> First round Charizard mirror match and I'm like, all right, cool. I, <laughs> I was feeling super rusty with it when we go back to the playing on TCG Live versus playing IRL thing. I forgot to instant charge two turns in a row and so I was I was automatically like, yo, I'm I'm out of this. There's no way I'm going to be able to like function and play Charizard tomorrow. So I really wanted to play Charizard. I really did. But I just I just didn't think I was going to be able to pilot it very well. And then I I took Goldango. First round was the Goldango mirror match. Like who would have thought
0: <laughs> but that's not what I was expecting you at tried all. to avoid the mirror match. And that's what you came up with.
1: <laughs> but I was I was, uh, very, not surprised, but very happy to win that one. And there were a couple plays where, like, you can do some really interesting shenanigans with, obviously, the cross-switchers canceling Cologne, Palkia, Greninja. Um, I think what limits people is thinking that Goldengo is, like, the only dude you have to attack with, and it's super not. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, that Greninja can, can come out of nowhere. Insane. Even if, like, you don't have to be taking out two baby Pokemon in order for Greninja to be valuable. Like even going into the roaring moon, like pinging two clean roaring moons is like huge, absolutely yeah, hit, game changer. Hit yeah, not true. super easy with Gold and, go. and
2: so then they can they can the you areas. with a
1: frenzy gouging or whatever without yeah. knocking themselves out and it's it's just a huge game changer. Mm-hmm. But so that was really good. <clears throat> I can probably go more into matchups. I don't know if you want to talk about that later, but As far as preparation and stuff goes, it was unfortunately mostly just with streaming. Um, I didn't get any like coaching sessions in. I didn't get any. uh, I didn't test matchups and stuff maybe as much as I would have liked to have. Um, And there probably was the time allowed. I just I, I didn't put in the work, I guess, for lack of better terms.
0: But the question is, did you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're, had a blast. you're, you're a player and you're a content creator mm-hmm. and, you know, as a player, it seemed like it, uh, bombed out a little bit, but as a content mm-hmm. creator, I mean, tell us, tell us a little bit about your journey. There as a content creator. Sure. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's like a, a double-edged sword in a good way, right? Like <clears throat> I can either go and I'm going to vlog the event anyway. Like that's, those are some of my most, um, enjoyable pieces of content to create, I guess. Um so I can either go and do super well and have the vlog take that approach or I can bomb it and still go have a ton of fun still playing Pokemon because there's a million things to do at these regionals. Um if you don't do well it's all about your mindset honestly. And I've I've started to do a really good job of like especially this event was a huge reminder because at a really quick glance like th- so my second round you actually called it out on on our zeke's discord that like i went up against victor Ong who's like the 2010 junior national champion yeah he was brilliant he's really it was, good he was super nice and as a as a pro tip you know when a guy sits down doesn't put down a play mat and he just riffles his deck you're like i'm done i'm toast
0: <laughs> there's no it's, smoke and mirrors it's i'm here to play the game
1: <laughs> the dudes don't set down the play mat like they're there for business um <laughs> so no he was really really cool um we exchanged info at the end of it he he's down to do like collabs and stuff or whatever but and then he he also sold me with the fact that he won in 2010 with gengar which was super cool because oh that's 2010 awesome 2010 <laughs> gengar decks were actually really sick but um he was playing rapid strike and i knew at certain points that i was going to lose but like it hits a little different when you're watching like an upper level player play, and I'm like, I just want to sit here and watch this unfold. Like I'm getting destroyed, but he was maneuvering it beautifully and coming up with plays that I didn't even think I wasn't expecting. And the way that deck, you know, with like maneuvering the damage and stuff, and he was, he was just doing it. <laughs> it's such a high skill cap deck. It's insane,
0: absolutely and, insane. I mean, when I play it, I I take a long time to Mm -hmm. figure out what i'm doing i'm i'm assuming he was quick with everything he was doing like he knew ahead of time what he was
4: doing
1: yeah the so the first game i felt really good i got off uh off to the races and it was six to one prizes believe it or not six to one prizes i took out of vmax real quick um because like i said Goldengo can hit high numbers if you just get your resources Then the deck kind of slowed down a little bit and it gave him just enough time to, I think in like three turns, he took all six prizes and it was insane. It was absolutely crazy. Was
0: it two prizes the whole way through
1: that he took? Pretty much. And then he was able to do like the, the nasty, which normally would be kind of like a little annoying and salt inducing, but having like a, a high skilled player, pull it off. I'm like, (laughs) all right, I got to see, I'm going to get the popcorn and see what happens.
4: It's like did watching like the, a beautiful symphony,
3: right? It is. <laughs> it really
1: is just orchestrating all these pieces. He did like the um double gunner my manaphy, move the damage around, and then yoga loop it, and then take a bunch of other prizes. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> this <laughs> is how that deck
3: is supposed to be run. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> um, so I gained a little more respect for that deck. Um, so that that one was fun I felt okay about that one because you're like I'm gonna try against like a an upper level player and we'll see what happens, but I'm not expecting a whole lot out of it. The second one I played against another rapid strike ended up naturally tying that one. Um I felt just around three. Yeah. Okay. I felt pretty good in that one. And uh it, it it just naturally went to a tie. But then after that, basically, I won't get into uh lengthy specifics about the matchups, but I just was not getting resources one of the games i prized all three of my ultra balls so i was never getting evolutions um i was like sometimes you need like and you know this as a chimpau player too and especially as a charizard player you need like two or three cards to pull off a combo to get there and like you have one of the three cards and then you somehow reset your hand or something and you get another one of the cards (laughs) and the other two are gone I just kept running into those scenarios, and I'm like, "It's just, it's just not my day." So that kept happening, and then round five, when I lost a Miouscarada, which was awesome, <laughs> I was like, "I'm out." <laughs> but and it was, it was one of those things where like I just wasn't finding the pieces. I felt like I played fine. I felt like I played every card that I could have to make the deck go, but it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't working out. But kind of meshing into the gameplay part of it and then the content creation. The really cool and super humbling part of it was round three. I ended up sitting down and my opponent knew me um, and he was super hyped about it and he's like, man, you're going to absolutely love what I'm playing and I'm like, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm just here for fun which I've really been focusing on lately, like going to the tournament and just specifically focusing on having fun. And, uh... (laughs) We go to start the round, he flips over the Murkrow from the United Wings, and I just lost my mind. Um, It was your deck. It just so happens that um, my video on United Wings and another video actually inspired this guy's deck that he was playing against me in round three, which was nuts. That blew my mind. Um, That's when you know you hit it big. He was super cool. <laughs> Asked me to take like a selfie afterward. It was so awesome and so humbling. Like I didn't care what happened after that. I had so much fun playing against him. We ended up tying. Um, but my gosh, that was so cool. And then basically from there on, yeah, I just, I focused on the content creation side of things. Um, checking in with all the boys to see how they did after their rounds and stuff. Cause they were, they were still in it for a few rounds after that did side events one guy that was
0: was four and one i mean he was he Mm -hmm. was on roll
1: yeah after like literally rising out of his grave that morning from being like (laughs) sick the dude's like asleep at a table four and one we're like what the heck (laughs) playing rapid strike too. playing a high skill cap deck (laughs) (laughs) levi man go back to bed (laughs) right (laughs) um no it was it was insane so this was my first regional since I had like grown a little bit as a content creator. So I I didn't really know what to expect. Honestly, there's obviously like the hope that somebody might recognize you. And I, but I didn't think it would gonna it was going to happen. And I was, I was very much surprised. And one of the most humbling experiences was we were out in the hallway waiting for a side event, playing games like on the floor. Um, and these two like teenage boys were walking up to me and I, I noticed they like kept walking straight to me. And uh, one of them was like very nervous looking, and the other one was holding a phone. And he he looks at me. He's like, "Hey, can he get a picture with you?" And in the mm-hmm. moment, I'm like, "Who?" And so is he, is he talking to me? I looked Did right up at him, like
0: a picture of you and somebody.
1: Else? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, me?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're polka dubs, right?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> so I was I was floored at the fact that somebody like. I don't know why anybody would want to take a picture with me. That was insane, but that absolutely made my entire weekend. And then throughout the weekend had like a couple other people, like I think one or two other people that wanted to get a picture. And then just a few other that were like, Hey, I really like the content or whatever. I've been watching your videos. And like, that's insane. That's absolutely wild. So going back to like, what inspires me to keep making content that. that absolutely that
0: now i will uh, i will add on to that um you, you 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 know talked about the you know the wanting to get a picture and everything mm-hmm. and then kind of slid through the hey i enjoy your content but i mean that part right there is huge oh yeah um, absolutely at the pure at the regional. You know, i went up and i talked to Azul i talked toward um mm-hmm. talked to andrew estrada and you know i have no desire to get my picture taken with the any means but i mean right. i want to express my gratitude to you know their content and you know what i've learned from them and that kind of thing and it's that right there is is huge oh yeah So that, that's and awesome that's
1: great i don't know how anybody could ever get like sick of that you know sometimes and we're talking like bigger people like like football athletes and stuff like the 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 fame and the glorification can like get to their head and stuff like that that like made my whole life <laughs> people <laughs> to come up and say that the th- the things that I'm making are like worthwhile and cool. Like that's insane to me. That absolutely blew my mind. Um, and I can't, I can't thank
0: those people enough. Honestly. When I, um, uh, when I went up and, uh, talked to Azul, um, I wanted mm. to get his autograph for my kids because he's one of the few players that they, they know. Sure. And it was right after he had lost his third loss of the Peoria regional. So oh. I was like, He's probably going to drop. So, this is my one time, but he's probably also not going to be in a great mood. I think he had just bombed out of two other regionals. This was like a third straight one. he didn't make a day two. Yep. And, but so I I, I went up anyway. I was like, whatever, let's go for it. Let's, let's see what kind of mood he's in. And he was incredibly grateful. You know, you could tell that he was completely genuine in, you know, he, he, like kind of what you said, where it was like making his day that you know, this fan is coming up and talking to him. Mm-hmm. And after me, there were, you know, there was a line of like five or six more people waiting and he talked, signed, whatever they need to talk to him. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, and he's as big as you get in the Pokemon trading card yep. world. As yep. big as you can get right now. As, and as far as competitive he goes, he is. Feeling, the biggest.
1: You can tell. He still has that feeling. A hundred percent. And that's, that's why I say every single day that Azul GG is my favorite Competitive Pokemon player, content creator, whatever, as far as competitive scene goes, Mm -hmm. because every single time I've talked to him, one of the most chill people I've ever met, like you said too, like just gets done with a game. Sometimes all you want to do is just go walk around and like, I don't know, go vent with your buddies or something, but like he 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 always has the time.
0: He was going going straight to one of his private (laughs) tables, (laughs) but he, instead of doing that, he took the time and talked to these people that wanted to talk to him. He
1: always has the time. And there's there's one thing I not dogging on Mahone, but like I have seen before where if he's not doing super hot, I've seen somebody ask him how it's going and he like straight up just kind of pushes them off. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. And he just like walks off. And I'm like, okay. I mean, like, I know you had a bad day, but like <laughs> that person cares about you, you know? Like, yeah. I just that's why I'll always be an Azul GG fan because yeah. He, he appreciates it. Not talking it, to own, though,
0: because I mean, it—you can really be in that mood where you really oh, yeah. just, you know, don't talk to people. But but it's it's different. Um, the way that Azul, you know, will react,
4: no matter even if, you know, just bombed out of his third straight regional. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Uh, Death. Anything?
0: Any questions you want to ask him about his regional run before we talk a little bit about the uh, Knoxville Top 8?
4: Oops, and I just closed the tab to the Knoxville Top 8. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull that back
0: up. Um, you know what? Uh, Dubs, you take the floor here. Um, anything okay. in particular you want to talk about the about Knoxville? Um, any any uh, decks surprise you? Any results of the Top 8 surprise you? Anything in particular want to talk about?
1: Um, so I actually had to kind of like review it the day after because it, it I get really weird when I'm at a regional I like don't pay attention to top standings I like oh, don't no, ever you're go over the on your game at that point <laughs> yeah I, I I don't ever know how the tournament went <laughs> until afterward but um I guess it was kind of cool to see Gardevoir actually win a major event for the first time in a, in a while with everybody um, dogging on it <laughs> yeah and in the um since you know <clears throat> key components of it are about to rotate out here in just a couple months. So that was pretty cool. It was nice to see lost Tina, not get like the three Pete. Uh, even though it got fair. Yeah. Right. Um, but then all of the roaring moons were pretty cool. It was cool to see, you know, JW big known player with Mahone's crew get 10th with it. That was super awesome. And yeah. I think him and Jesse Parker, both Parker, mm-hmm. Parker got his world's invite sealed up. Yep. So that was really cool. Um, I was surprised to see the Entei Valiant deck at six, because I hate that deck. <laughs> I think that deck is a joke. Tell us, tell us how you feel about this <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: deck. <laughs> that deck is complete trash. I hate that deck. I, I think... <laughs> don't know why people play it, because I don't think it's good. Every time I play it, I'm like, this is just, yeah. Yeah. Let's,
3: um, let's one surprising thing,
1: thing, though, doing that. that I was really surprised with, we got, so speaking of Zul, he he got ninth. Um, Kyogre was back
0: which was very, very interesting to me. I was happy to see him playing Kyogre because of how many regionals he has played with that.
1: Talk about piloting a deck beautifully. Watching that guy pilot a Law Zone deck is
0: nuts. (laughs) Well, if you you look up the limitless best uh, top point getters for Turbo Law Zone, Uh I mean, it's him and a giant gap before anything else. (laughs) They they were on Lost
1: Box for a long time. It was it was crazy. But yeah, I was I was very surprised. I thought Kyogre was dead and it was gonna be buried in rotation here in just a couple months. But uh I heard Aqua Storm announced a lot <laughs> over the weekend. It was so everywhere. It was it was everywhere. And I'm glad I didn't face one because yeah, I don't I for whatever reason I don't go up well against like the Kyogre and the this stupid
0: sable Czar deck like <laughs> i don't know why well, because just it's it's they're hard to pilot mm-hmm. but just as they're hard to pilot they're hard to play against for the same they, reason they can always because, come back yes yes and you have to take six prizes every time so i mean mm-hmm. it, you're taking forever to win the game and they're you know getting it by like tetrising the damage to make this work <laughs>
1: And I don't know about you, but my opponent always has the Colrus. They always have the Mirage oh, Gate. It's always
0: the chorus. They always have the Radiant Zard, yeah. and they always have the Rod to get it back and do it again. That's <laughs> <does> nothing, basically. <laughs> so, I was looking at the Ante valiant uh, mm-hmm. the deck here. Um, it beat a Mew in round two. <laughs> so, that's saying something. You gotta wonder. <laughs> but um, a, lot, a lot of its wins were uh, Golden Go. Mm-hmm. Um blockchain. Which is interesting. Actually, beat Grant Manley with uh same list as Azul. I'm assuming oh. same list. Uh beat Azar beat Charizard, beat Sablezard. So it's beating the decks it's supposed to.
1: I was gonna say, I suppose the the smaller prize decks um is what
0: this garbage is built for. Correct, correct. It's trying to feed on those. And Yo. I see I saw it beat a few Roaring Moons. And my which first thought is really but then i started to think about it roaring moon fills up your bench you fill up your bench ente doing 220 you just need one tachyon bits and you're knocking out a a uh roaring moon or you're putting 30 damage on it so then it knocks itself out i was gonna say are they frenzy gouging you manipulate yeah. some damage so, yeah i mean that's probably a pretty good matchup for Entei valiant
1: yeah which i, I feel like you probably to... have to pilot it really well but yeah for sure
0: uh it played Roaring Moon four times so and went three and one. <laughs> so that seems pretty good.
1: And I also feel like they're probably at a competitive advantage because like what Roaring Moon player really tested against Valiant Entei, you know? What any player has
0: tested against <laughs> <Entei> Valiant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in addition to that, you mentioned all the moons. Death, mm-hmm. go ahead and do your celebration here. You've been waiting for this moment. <laughs>
2: Well, I can't really celebrate because I had Roaring Moon going second and it got fourth, so I can't really celebrate, but I am excited that it is uh, rising up the numbers. Considering <laughs> I was the first person to predict that it would be first in the tournament, and it hasn't done it yet, but I'm happy that it's moving up. So, go I will Moon say you were
0: right. You called it good when I called it trash. <laughs> um, I
2: it- saw potential with the deck. I, Like I said, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a great deck. I thought it was going to actually be better than Charizard, to be honest with you, but... Well, so um, did
0: everybody else at LAIC, was it, right? Yeah. Where it was super highly played and just bombed.
2: Yeah, And I am could possibly still not be wrong. I mean, where Charizard is starting to seem like he's falling off, Roy Moon is coming on strong. So, I mean, it could be possible that Roy Moon is the better deck.
0: Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Chevelle was the top place in Charizard deck at 12. And ahead mm-hmm. of that were three Roy Moons. Yep.
2: Well, and yeah, every and one look of them. At the next Charizard deck is at 33, and there's a ton of Roaring Moons above <laughs> you're that. You're so. right.
0: Every, uh, every Roaring Moon deck that high up was the Ross Coffin build. The No Waters, just do what they do and do it well. Just straight Turbo Dark, yep. And all it took was the Legend Ross Coffin himself to you know, have a good run with it. And then of course, everybody's taking that list, as they should. I mean right. he's an excellent player. Um he always plays well with under the radar decks and Roaring Moon's not so under the radar anymore. Right. It's
1: also worth noting that somehow a Moraidon's snuck into top sixteen. I don't I don't know how people perform with that deck.
0: <laughs> uh okay, yeah, let's see. Where was that deck at? <laughs> so, oh there it is. Me. Oh oh Adam Reinhardt. He has uh-huh. been playing that deck for a while. Yeah. And he's he's very, very good with it.
4: Let's see. What did he play against? I
1: don't know if I just need new copies of generator or what, but like I can never get
0: that deck to go. More energies, bro. Yeah. Thirty energies, you never miss. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, he actually didn't have a good start to the tournament. He was three and two after round five. Ooh. Didn't so it, lose a game. Got to win out. <laughs> um had three ties and the rest were wins. And all the way through round 15. Jeez. Uh, Lost to Mew twice. Those were his two losses, were Mew. Yeah. Beat Roaring Moon, beat Guardi, beat Sablezard, tied Tina, beat three Roaring Moons in a row.
1: Beating Sablezard is actually quite impressive. I suppose if you get the hands out early, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you can just go quick, yeah, and that's that's Uh what hands is there for. But I feel like it has a good matchup against Roaring Moon, right? You you can you can keep up with it speed wise, and Zapdos allows yeah. you to one hit KO? Yep. Yeah, I mean yep. he he went four and zero against moons. Oh, jeez!
2: I'm actually not surprised by that though.
0: The popularity of Moon is why Maridon got fifteenth place.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair. Just feeding off of him. And your boy um, Jared Grimes.
0: There it is, hitting sixteenth place. Jared Grimes gets 16th place on the same weekend that I won locals with this exact same 60.
1: And let's just say (laughs) this guy was an absolute hot mess this weekend because Pokestats Live was going through like (laughs) a bunch of stuff. And this dude's like coding between rounds. I can tell you as a professional software engineer that that sucks.
0: (laughs) I was following his Twitter and I felt so bad for him. The dude... (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a legend. He Absolutely just kept tweeting. He was like, Yes, I know Pokestats Live is down. I'm coding in between rounds. Deal with it. Hold on. I'm I got also play 7 now. 1
1: and 1. Just, right. just saying. You know? With like, Chain like, Pao. The
0: not even with a tier 1 deck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as far as the deck is concerned, I am now convinced that this is the way to play Chain Pao for the rest of this format. It's how um, I'm going to build it. I was not sold on the Iron Hands for so long because the yep. Greninja did what the Iron Hands does. Right. However, um, I did reach out to Jared on Twitter uh, over la- last week and mm-hmm. uh, kind of wanted to bounce some ideas of, with Champau off of him. And he just, in a very, very kind way, told me I was wrong. <laughs> and he said, this is the best way to play Champau and he gave me reasons and I bought it. I was like, yeah, okay, right. that makes sense. And I took this 60, it's the exact same 60 he ran here, and ran that to a 3.0 run at Locals, and Iron Hands was the reason. Nice. Iron Hands won me an unwinnable game otherwise. It's it's legit. Um, I've gotten probably 30 to 40 games under my belt of this build now, and it's it's real, it's good. Um, there, It does have a couple of rough spots when you when you brick, but it's good. And I think we're going to see a lot more Chan Pao coming around. It's slowly starting to increase. But mm-hmm. when you have guys like Jared and Reagan playing yeah. Chan Pao well and performing well, you're going to have people follow it. And I think we're going to see a lot more Chan Pao.
1: I think speaking of Jared, he's like the poster child of what I look at as far as like approaching the pokemon tcg play a deck you like you know he was playing chan pao when it like straight up wasn't good and he that's still was doing well played. with it
0: like and if you look at his limitless page since june
1: 29th mm-hmm. all he has played is chan pao that's it just send it you know if you like the deck just go for it he got Honestly. his world invite with chan pao yeah
0: <laughs> that, that that was you know i've I watched his most recent vlog Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I'm gonna make my world's invite champao." He did. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, but Very he got cool. 16th place, and that was his highest finish he's ever done. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Jared playing what I is my favorite deck to play right now. For uh, sure. but the last two tournaments, guys won three thousand dollars playing champao.
4: He's doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he is doing it right. Uh let's see. Oh um shout
0: out to LDF first 30th place finish with Golden Go. Yep. Um that was my most recent video and I did tag him in my Twitter post so he can, you know, watch it and make fun of me. Here's the hoping he does that. But (laughs) at least you watched it, right? (laughs) Or at least give me tips. (laughs) Um but that was that was the list that I took there. Um how similar was yours to his? Um I need to look at it
1: really, really quick. And I know. Um, I think my rambling has caused this to be probably one of your longest (laughs) episodes yet. So I've also been one of the,
0: uh, most informing episodes. So, uh,
1: list was very similar. Uh, seven, three, I think I went six, four on the water metal split. Okay. Um, because like I said, and for what it's worth, I'm a, I'm 100% a net decker. I don't build decks. I don't, I know where I stand on that. (laughs) Um, this looks, very similar. The 1-1 one, one Palkia had the Spiritomb. Uh, the only other difference is we went all straight 470 HP me Ghoul, and that actually paid off. Um, that helped. Is that the, the Call for Family or the other one? Continuous Coin Toss. Okay. okay. Which I announced that attack way more this weekend than I would have liked to.
0: I announced that attack like three times in my video. <laughs> you shouldn't be announcing this attack. No. <laughs> when you're
1: announcing continuous coin toss and then inevitably flipping tails, you're you're losing. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, this, this list, list looks very, very similar.
0: So shout out to him for a high placing golden go finish. Uh, looks like your boy Lugia made a day two appearance. Yeah, and you know I see him at 108. Is that the highest I know Lugia? I was considering that deck and it,
1: Going <laughs> back to the Jared thing That actually might be what I do for a while It's just main Lugia I don't care if it's good or not It's fun, I like it, I know it really, really well It's what I have my best yeah. finish with at a regional So
4: might and go It's, it. and not, it's got
1: a good in a rotation It's still not bad
4: right now It's not great, mm-hmm. but it's not bad Right uh, Let's see, we had two Cloth Electrodes Down there at the bottom <laughs> Yeah
0: that deck is one of the most fun decks to play. It's
1: I, there was a few of them rolling around that
0: I saw day one, which was awesome. It it has it needs Moridon to be popular because it's an oh, auto yeah. win against Maridon. If Moridon's popular, you better believe I'm bringing in Cloth Electrode. Uh,
1: electrode attacking for free, like what?
0: <laughs> it's so crazy. One cloth one hitting one hit KOing every <laughs> Electrode Arceus. I mean, it can one hit KO Arceus. Yeah. Clough's a beast. <laughs> uh, a couple Arceus decks down here. There was an Arcazard that made day two. Haven't seen that in a while. Yep, since like when it first came out. Uh, let's see. Any other deck that either of you want to talk about, want to mention, give it a little shout out to?
2: Uh, sounds... There's nothing really different like that grass yeah. deck that was in the last one.
0: There's the decent amount of Mew, which I expected after um, Liverpool.
1: Yep. And people giving it like its last ride, mm-hmm. if this is going to be their last event with it. But I was surprised yep. at the amount of rapid, rapid strike.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, but I think it's the same thing. I think it's mm-hmm. it. People wanting to give it one more go before yep. the deck loses everything. Hundred percent. And I mean, the same with it's same with Iron Valiant, where it they kind of have the similar good matchups. Yeah. Um, and I mean the Met is probably fine for it. Um I know I told Levi that you know, I, I thought the meta was fine for it. Yeah. I mean, you have you have a couple bad matchups, but for the most part it's fine. I think the rise of Mew hurt. Um, right. Mew's finish at Liverpool was rough. But if you're already planning on playing Rapid Strike, that's probably too late to change at that point.
1: Yeah. And it's not unwinnable. It's, no, it's certainly it's like just not weakness good. is always unfavored, but right.
0: I think it has fighting resistance too, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I think you just, have to, you just have to roll with the <laughs> with the
4: uh, Yep, yep, pretty much. Uh, Snor- uh Snorlax, Pidgeot, and they're at fifty-seven.
1: Which that's that's an interesting one. I haven't tried the Pidgeot build of that, but I've I've been starting to play a, a fair amount of Snorlax lately. It's it's quite fun.
0: I haven't tried the Pidgeot build because I think it's too skill based for me.
1: Yeah, and it, yeah, a
0: hundred percent. I like to put up the big Snorlax and just relax, just chill. relax yep. with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Death, you've been playing Snorlax. How do you feel in the meta right now?
2: I love playing the deck, but there's oh, a yes. lot of decks that um, can roll over it. If the deck struggles against it, it, is very fun. But if it's a deck that rolls over it, it rolls over it fast. So yeah, tell
0: us, uh, tell us the unwinnable match you came up with.
2: <laughs> uh, Alakazam and mimic yeah. you yep. literally um, <laughs> as soon as he um rare candy in Alakazam and I read Alakazam's ability I was like oh my <laughs> oh my and I was yeah, like wait a yeah. minute can it really attack from the bench so I switched mimic you in and um, threw him on the bench and yeah he really attacks from the bench
1: you know it's really fun uh, so actually Kevin and and Sierra made that deck and so I was, I guess, the example that had to be made. Um, they are like, yeah, we made this specifically for Snorlax so I played them in the lobby of the hotel. Um, I don't know why, but the really spicy play was, you're like, okay, well, I, I guess I can put the Mimikyu up and try to think of something. Well, they, they just promote Klefki to the active and still shoot you with Alakazam, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. i didn't even Just think shut about your that. mimicu off and knock it out And i was like okay yep i'm i'm done yeah throw that cleft yeah. out
0: there and the mimicu doesn't matter
2: no <laughs> mimicu uh mimicu took out my mimicu because i couldn't get luxurious luxurious That's also true yeah. so 70 uh, for
1: 70
2: he uh threw mimicu out there and knocked out mimicu and i was like well there's a there's a match because um uh, snorlax <laughs> is not standing up against it right. and i eventually ran i mean i Kind of played around with the opponent and went through a bunch of pennies and everything like that, but I was like, eventually, I'm gonna run out of cards to heal and switch, and he's just gonna keep smacking me down. So,
1: (laughs) It's like you could keep recycling the resources, but they're just gonna take six prizes before that anyway. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's hard. I couldn't
2: get rid of stuff out of their deck. Like every time I did misfortune, (laughs) I got zero, and they were smart because they're like, hey, it's Snorlax stall, so I know what they're trying to do. So once they got one mimic you on the field and one Alakazam and I, uh, Erica, their hand and saw that they had another two mimic us in their hand. And I'm like, well, I don't want those hitting the field. So
0: <laughs> but the problem is so, yeah. once you Erica, you have to throw something out there. Yeah. That's the problem yeah. with Erica
4: is yeah. there's no going back. Yep.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I end up throwing. Yeah. Like you said, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was very entertaining watching it. um, as I was telling uh, Bolt, another one that I ran into, Maridon has a pretty good matchup against Blackstall, so Yeah,
1: yeah, I, was pretty I, good. I didn't
2: realize that until uh, Maridon started one-shotting my Snorlax and then I'm like,
1: oh. <laughs> oh, shoot. <Ooh. laughs> and
2: then, That's another like, one of those
1: decks where I think everything can pretty much attack if you yeah, I manipulate, like and, and, and like you wow. can't
2: even hide behind Mimikyu because you're be like, oh yeah, well I'll hide behind Mimikyu Nope, because they just throw Flaffy out there, throw a bunch of energy on him, and then <laughs> yeah, he takes off Mimicu Flaffy and can they... actually
1: attacks. Yeah, that has an <laughs> attack.
2: What? <one. laughs> and like, because then when I Switched Flaffy out, I was like, well, this deck has got to be out of energy at this point. And there was like twelve energies on the field already, so I'm like, how many more energies can they have? And I think no, no, four, attacking. probably.
0: I think they played sixteen.
2: Yeah. And Flaffy's attack takes three, so I was like, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about it. Next turn, they threw three energy on Flaffy. I'm like, well, there goes that match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everything's loaded up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because they had two Maraidons loaded up, two Raikus loaded up, and the Flaffy, and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing I can switch in that's not going to be able (laughs) to attack me at this point.
0: All right. One other uh, day two finisher I want to shout out to is another Chain Pao player. Kieran Farah. Um, oh, yep. Yep. He, uh, he plays 58th with Champau. and he uh, I know was kind of going back and forth on what he wanted to play. If It was Guardi or Champau, He'd been playing both, so I'm glad to see he jumped on the Champau bandwagon as well. So, like I said, it's coming back, and I think there's going to be a lot more coming up. I'm excited um, Mainly for because it. pretty big-name players are playing it. So, Yeah, which is like Reagan and stuff. That was surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, so I, and I'm probably still just... I'm going to be on Champao indefinitely at this point. Um it's it's, good. it's rationalized my my decision to want to keep playing it with let's see some of these players who chose to play it at this regional.
1: I think that's where I'm at with Lugia. Even it, it didn't have the same, you know, showing in day 2 as uh as Pao, but I th- my love for the deck, I think.
0: Well, 3 weeks ago Chien Pao did neither. So, <laughs> i mean, right. <laughs> fair. <clears throat> okay. So <laughs> Let's uh, let's rapid-fire these uh, predictions here for Dortmund Regional coming up this weekend. Um, let's see if we can go through them pretty quick here, because this is the longest episode that we've yeah. done. But yeah, I don't <laughs> care, because it's our show, and we can do what we want with it.
4: <laughs> so, who, what deck is going to win the Dortmund Regional? Roy Moon. Death says Moon. West, what are you saying? Oh, I think mm,
1: I don't know. Europe gets kind of interesting i I feel like some sort of is going to come out i don't I hate to say it. I don't want Sablezard to win. I hate that deck, <laughs> but there's Pretty there's some really good European players that have that deck, and uh I think it might might take it
0: uh I'm gonna go Mew because it's Europe, and Europe likes mew. Mew with the EU, yep. <laughs> yep, going with Mew. Um, not much say, it's Mew. Yeah. Uh, let's see, most played deck in day one. What's it going to be?
2: I would say Mew, because I think, like you said, it's going to be, because it's pretty much the last hurrah for of that deck anyway, so... I think Mew is pretty high, high at
4: Liverpool. It was surprisingly high at Liverpool. Yeah. So, you're going Mew. I'm going to go ahead and say Charizard is going to be the most played deck in day one Um,
0: because I think they know that Mew is highly played. So I'm going to expect a lot of Charizard. It's already popular deck, and it's good against Mew, so I think we're going to see an influx in Charizard in day one at this regional. Mm-hmm. What about
1: you? I think for that same reasoning, and also it's showing at this last regional in Knoxville, I'm going to go Moon as far as day one decks. Yep, but oh, yeah, I would true. love
4: to see Moon be the number one deck. That would be
1: great.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, Most played deck in day two. Um,
2: I'm going with the lost decks. Be specific. (laughs) Um, I'm going with the lost decks. I'll I'll (laughs) leave them. Let you whole group. Well, except Sablezard. How about this? All lost decks except Sablezard.
0: No, I was going to say you could combine Sablezard and Turbo together.
4: Just keep Tina out of there. Tina's separate.
2: No. I want to put Turbo and (laughs) Tina together.
4: Okay. (laughs) Death is saying lost.
0: I think you're going (laughs) to win. I'm going to go... What am I going (laughs) to say? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go moon. Moon is the most played deck in day two. People know how to play it now. Uh, It's it's rising in popularity. And I'm going to say day two is going to be moon dubs what do you got
1: i think i'm i'm literally gonna switch it up with you i think charizard's gonna have a really good day two conversion rate there it is because it it just usually
0: does um you're right i don't know i don't know i mean it's it's a on the easier spectrum to play and it's good it's very very good it's already discovered you know yeah absolutely there's nothing less left to really experiment with it (laughs) right um which region will win this regional Will it be an EU player? Will an NA player come over and win? Will a
4: LA player come in and win? Who's it gonna be? Dubs, you go first. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> um I'm gonna do this just because I want them to. Let's just say it it, it stays in the EU.
0: Okay. I, I was already typing NA when you started talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually hoping um some of the German players, you know, they're they're really good. They always have really good showings. Huge turnouts at their own regionals. Yeah. Absolutely huge turnouts. So hopefully, you know, one of those guys at least does really well. But we'll we'll say for winning it, it I'll say it stays in the EU.
0: Okay. So Death, we got North American player, a European player, a Latin American player, an Oceania player, or a Japanese player?
2: I'm going North American.
0: North American. Okay. Yeah. There's a and lot of North Americans traveling to this one too, so not just to, well, a lot of them are chasing their Worlds invite at this point because they're running out of time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, and not not just to be different, but I think a Latin American player is going to come up and win this one.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, Latin American players have jumped up big time in just their performance, and I I expect to see that continue here, and I think a Latin American player is going to
4: come up and sneak in here. All right. A bit of variety. Love to see it. What deck will show up the most in Top 8? Uh, Death, you go first. Give us this one.
2: The Lost Decks.
4: The Lost
0: Decks. <laughs> <laughs> the Lost Decks. Um, I'm going to say Mew. I'm going to say there's going to be more Mew than anything else in Top 8.
4: By the way, none of us have any love for Guardy right now. I was I was literally
1: just going to say Guardi. Um, I was
2: thinking Guardi, but I still think I would have went Moon if I wouldn't have went with the lost deck.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so it seems counterintuitive oh. to my other two answers, but I I don't know. I feel oh. like there's going to be a lot of
0: skillful Guardi players there for some reason. I don't know. Well, there are some skillful European Guardi players. Yes. One in particular, which I just added this last question. Where will Tord finish?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Top eight. Speaking
4: of skillful guardy players, what one place will Tord finish? Top eight. Well, Torin is in an interesting spot. They have yeah, the same top, top eight. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say top four. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I'm gonna
0: say I'm gonna say he's gonna finish second. I think he's gonna lose in the finals. Going to the finals. He he's due for a big finish. He is. I'm gonna say he's gonna finish second. He's saving right, his win for worlds this year. He's gonna win his world this year.
2: Huh? Is is Azul going? I
0: no. Oh, no, he's so, not going to this one. He's talked about wanting to go to a European regional, but I'm assuming because he hasn't been, hasn't mentioned yet, he will not be going to this one. Yeah, okay. I don't think he's going.
2: I would like to guess his place too.
4: Uh we got what Vancouver coming up. hmm And Orlando. Is that what is Orlando after Vancouver? I think so.
0: Okay. So yeah, we got a couple coming up that we can we can where's where's Azul? Play the where's Waldo with Azul. All right. Dubs, where's where's uh gonna finish? So Tord's been in an interesting place. I think he's been
1: playing a lot in like the China League, which is crazy. Um, because they're way behind us. um, Which is wild. But (laughs) yeah, tag team, what? (laughs) That's so crazy. Um I'm going to give him a humble top 16. Just. I, I I always believe in Tori. He's one of the greatest players of all time, obviously. would not be greatest. It's, 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 been, sure. it's been a weird. I don't know if that's going to throw him off or not. I doubt it. But I'd say top 16 for sure.
0: It's definitely changed from his DQ at LAIC. Yes. There's something has changed. Yes, 100%. But I don't think... It's he's gotten worse. I don't think he cares less. I think he's wanting to enjoy the game more. Um, yeah. I think I think uh, that's just kind of what I'm seeing from him. like it looks like he's having more fun than he ever has. That's that deck he took
1: immediately after the DQ was just like, what the heck?
0: The dude just invented Lost Pile <laughs> for fun. I mean, that's and what he like, did hopped
1: with it, and he's like, look, I can take whatever
0: I want. Well, and now a ton of players are playing it, and uh-huh. he just made it up for fun. <laughs> wild so yeah I, I i enjoy seeing tor now because i think he's he's having fun at the game he's realizing yeah. it's a game and he's just having fun he's enjoying it i agree but i think i think it's be, you know picks up the big boy guardy deck and, and gets a second place finish
1: especially after he i mean he conquered all four ic's like man <laughs> and that's why i'm saying he's gonna get second here and he's
0: saving his win for worlds he's gonna get, get the it. world's win this year i'd love to see it all right, so that covers our extra long podcast this week, uh, Dubs, Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know I had a blast. Um, it was it was awesome getting to talk to you here on this yes. platform. Just especially to open it up. for
2: me, I finally got a chance to talk to you because uh, Bolt talks to you all the time at the tournament. But <laughs> I missed you at the last tournament that I was in. So
1: same. I it's totally i fun. I saw you there. I meant to say hi, and then I just. I didn't <laughs> <So> I apologize. <laughs> I get really caught up in the moment and I just kind of my singular brain cell just shuts off. So, you know,
2: I'm not gonna lie. I was just happy that I, uh, outranked Josh in that tournament. So yeah, let's you go. You absolutely did.
1: <laughs> no, it was, it was a pleasure. I, I had a ton of fun actually. Um, I'd be happy to
3: be
0: on whenever you guys would have me and I appreciate it a ton. Yeah. Um, we all yeah, we. We'll uh, we'll work out some you know times to get you on more because this was an absolute blast, very informative, uh, very entertaining. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Um, any shout outs you want to give and where where can people find you? Um, shout outs. I mean, you guys, the
1: local crew, I probably wouldn't be continuing to play Pokemon if I didn't enjoy playing with all of the the local folks, um keeping it really fun anybody that's anybody that views you know this podcast or listens to it shout out to them you know the viewers and the listeners they're the they're the real ones but that's why we do what we do exactly i i could sit and shout out like sponsors and stuff but you know we'll we'll save that stuff for later that people can find out <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as far as like handles and stuff go youtube is just Polka dubs tcg um i don't think any capitalization of that matters No, I don't believe so. Um, Twitter's just at Pokedubs. Instagram is also at Pokedubs, but with an extra Z, uh, because the regular spelling was taken, apparently. Pokedubs. TikTok is also the same with the extra Z. And then over at twitch.tv slash Pokedubs TCG is where I'm at.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And yeah, be sure to check out Pokedubs. You know, it's YouTube, Twitch. Uh, very very informative on there um, watching his videos, entertaining it's a good time, he has a lot of fun doing it so thank once you. again, thank you very much for joining us, um, I had a good time I'm sure the listeners did as well and closing uh, remarks from Death, anything you got?
2: Yes, Pokédubs, I challenge you with my Charizard deck
0: Alright, deal <laughs> I love losing <laughs> <laughs> We'll set this up it better be, it better be a recorded game here better be our quarter game. Absolutely. I'm always down. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes us for the 15th episode of the Kings Rock Podcast. And until then, we'll see you all next time.
2: Have a good weekend, everybody.
0: See ya.